I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Diminishing the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind in the business Got me stressed in the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want Welcome to the rent room What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? 2022. Yeah, on this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. <laughs> I see you, Saeed. Uh, I'm with it. He got, <laughs> he's like, I, he got bars like that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... Y'all know how we're doing on the rant room. We out here doing some cool shit, cool stuff with y'all. I'm really excited. It's gonna be a great, great episode with y'all. But before we start, shout out, big shout out to my dude, little bro. Uh oh, Rashidi Hendricks just walked in the building. My manager. What's up? What's up? Have a seat. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Chris Derrick's birthday was yesterday. Yes, he, yes. He just, he just turned 21. Finally, he can drink. <laughs> little young self. Look at him. Um, I wish I could happy think. birthday to you, brother. We love you, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. It's a um, wild day yesterday. <laughs> some people had to work on their birthday and that bullshit. <clears throat> but, but see, but see, you know what? <laughs> it's just the weekend. You wanna you wanna have the option to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, who's telling me this the other day? Um, success is all about being able to have options. You know, that's sure. what it all is. Yeah. And so that's what I was hoping for yesterday. And my options got narrowed. They got really <laughs> narrowed yesterday. <laughs> you got to do this now. Um, I thought I couldn't do stuff today. I thought he was going to say he got laid or something, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> I was like, Chris got some yesterday. Um, he got that look on his face, don't he? Life is <laughs> just today's yesterday. No, it's just a, it was just an interesting day yesterday and just the, this week and you know, it's been a crazy week, and I just some exciting stuff I'm excited to do career-wise. And um, I, you know, I don't know. I had an interesting conversation with some of the people I haven't talked to in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's just been uh, it's been good. It's all been good. That's what's up. I haven't. Uh, I've got no movie recommendations or anybody <laughs> at the moment. Well, no, actually, you know what? I did see something that everyone. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen? Everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. You need to go see it. Okay. I'm seeing it tonight. You need you to go see it. It's interesting. You know, I was listening to the podcast. I recommend all people who uh, who, who work in who work in the entertainment industry should watch. It's, uh, it's listen to. It's called Art of the Cut. It's a, from editors. The editors. Mm-hmm. The, the guy Paul something or other who edited that movie had really interesting things to talk about. About I mean, because I because I've seen the movie and then I listened to that. And uh, just things that you don't realize that people do in the editing suites right. to um, just change some of the fighting and uh, some stuff. I heard that like David Fincher does this weird thing where he'll like where if you shoot something in a certain way in two shots and they and, and they'll split the 
the the the shot mm-hmm. so he can change so so he can independently change the reaction really in you know so he can find a reaction like like mm-hmm. later on in the scene right. you know to to so dial so he, he in can, the middle of a two shot yeah interesting they'll split it they'll like they'll, they'll like do a little jagged thing and they'll mm-hmm. and they'll run he'll run it to find oh you know what there was a there was a look he, that she gave in response to that line that I want here and he'll like right. pull it up it's interesting that they talk about that we also <laughs> talked about how he didn't think this movie this movie like could have made 20 years ago not because of what it is but he was like he didn't think the audience could would be able to understand the type of film that it is like it like there's such a such a i think that we as creators kind of take for granted like how much the audience like picks up from the 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 cumulative years of watching material and um i don't know i mean I disagree with that statement. I think the <laughs> person I think that, that the audience could have could have, could have understood twenty years ago. I'm curious. To, I'm curious to hear what you think. You should, you know I, I don't know, but it's just, it's interesting. One of these multiverse things, right. which is which is, is maybe new now to people. So maybe twenty years ago people would be like, "What the fuck is this?" But um, I don't know. I, I I doubt that only because we had seen stuff like The Matrix and other things that had right. kind of shifted our. What, what you gonna I, say, I, Rashid? I, I doubt it. I think people could have understood it because I look at it now and I'm like, "Oh, this is just a soap opera." I, and by the way, I don't think I don't think that's a pejorative. I, I grew mm-hmm. up watching soap operas. Yeah. I love them. Right. And guess what happens in soap operas? Sometimes they cross over. Yeah. And you can figure it out. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, that's I, what, yeah, carrying, that's what you, I thought you, too. That's what I thought that's too. A good you, point. You, you're talking about dozens of people, uh, intertwined storylines that are told over many years. Uh, that's as the world turns, all my children and one life to live. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's, it's I, yeah, but in yeah. this one they fly. But I get yeah, it. it flies. I mean, it's 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 all in one. You know, whatever. It's just, it's I don't know, it's two, maybe two hours twenty minutes. I, it's a good movie. Um, what's your name? Wait, it's two hours long. It's a little little more, like okay. two hundred fifty minutes. Two hours. Night, but I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's her name? Uh, Michelle Yeoh. Right. I think she's a, uh, she's a incredibly underrated actress i think that she should have had a, a much larger career than, uh, at least here you know i know she had a big career in asia but she's one of these actresses that uh is so amazing <laughs> excuse us excuse us uh she's, she's an actress who like what she's like her what her face does is really fascinating to get, you know, so one of those women, one of those actresses where I don't really need to do a lot of coverage, mm-hmm. you know, I can just keep it on her, you know, and keep it wide. Cause it's, it's in our eyes and shit. It's in her, it's just her body language, like, <laughs> like everything. She, it's, you know, I was talking with someone about this in my acting class, so I was taking, and it's like, an actor's really, really good if you can kind of keep them in a medium shot and mm-hmm. don't need to cut around to, you know, like, they, like, like they can just hold the scene, right. you know, and, and, um, she can do that. So that's what those yeah. are my thoughts on. <clears throat> well, happy birthday to you, anyway. Yes. Um, so if you guys are grown, we'll go ahead and jump on into the show. So by the way, we got my man Saeed Crumble sitting in with us today. You guys have heard him on the, the was it the rapper turn writer show yeah, or something? Rapper turn screenwriter. Yeah, 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 something like it was a dope episode. Yeah. Um, was that you and uh, Sensation? Yeah, it was Sensation. Yeah, yeah, it was dope. It was, it was yeah, dope. It was a good one. Um, Sitting with us today, we appreciate you. You in town? Come He's on. gonna be moving here in July. Come on. Finally, gonna do the big deal. Come on, coming from the yay That's area. Good, man, that's good to hear. <laughs> it's good to hear. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Uh huh. He that's got his feet wet working on a show. Come on, Flatbush misdemeanors. Yes, yeah, too. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah. 
now and now we're over there hanging out with Ben Watkins and him and thinking he big time. Look at oh. him. I, I got the videotape. Oakland I seen you over there. <laughs> was Ben on that show? Nah, nah. nah, nah. He's <clears throat> just mentor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ben's um, great. Ben's awesome. Exactly. So if you guys are grown, we're gonna go ahead and jump into the show today. We got my man in the building, Rashid Newsom. Y'all know him. Y'all seen him out there. All at the club, letting it rain on the girls. You know, no, I'm just <laughs> I was not at the club, and there were no. I got girls. the videotape. No I got girls. the videotape. <laughs> Rashid Newsom, y'all. Now one of the co-showrunners on the hit series on um um. Peacock. Peacock. I was about to say Hulu because I watch it. Think through Hulu. Um, do I watch it through Hulu? Mm-mm. No. Yes, Peacock. You're right. Okay, my bad. Um, <laughs> shut up, Rashid. <laughs> so <laughs> I see you over there laughing. So, uh, Rashid, uh, shut up, Rashidi. <laughs> Y'all got me off today. So, Rashid, yes. <laughs> Rashid, got y'all suckers in the building. Rashid knew some y'all, uh, one of the showrunners on Bel Air. Um, y'all seen him from a whole bunch of other shows. We'll get into your whole career. Welcome to the show, dude. What's happening? Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't. I'm, I'm learning to do podcasts and get out more. I've I've not been in the club. I've been <laughs> I've been I've been at home with my husband raising small children, exactly. trying to cobble a, a writing career around <laughs> their lives. Exactly. Y'all just had the kids a couple of years ago. No, no, no. We had. I mean, we have a daughter who's seven and a son who's four. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's. I mean, you know, we uh, adopted, and I I tell people like we're not perfect parents, but unlike most parents, we are at least trained. Because when you <laughs> when you go through adoption, you have to take classes. Right. You have to get certified. Really, they come and oh, yeah. inspect your house. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, there's all that I know that. Yeah. But they have to take. What, what are these classes they want you to take? You take classes on parenting. You take. I mean, everything from CPR and water safety to uh, child yeah. development. Hold on, hold no on, parent I know knows CPR. Hold on, hold like on. every child would die. Hold on, hold on, hold on. See, <laughs> this is a funny shit. This is a funny shit. I tease it all the time. So I interviewed uh, Saladin from um, um, Patterson. Yeah, Patterson. from uh, the Wonder Years, and we were talking about how things were and where they are now. Talking about this whole situation yeah. right now, I said the kids today are so soft, right? Because of all the things that they make us coddle them into now, like ride a bike with a helmet on and <laughs> shit like that. Remember, we didn't have no damn helmets. Well, well, okay. It's it's interesting. I was talking. We talked. I was talking with somebody about this the other day. I think it was on Twitter. But it was like the Atlanta child murderers Mm -hmm. changed the childhood in America Mm. because because that put everyone on high alert. Protect your children in ways that you you know. And so because of the year we right one year eighty. 80, okay. 81, 79, 79, so okay. and, But the, the after effect of that is our children are unsafe. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it just kind of spiraled. Like, what do we do to be, keep children safe? What do we do to keep children safe? Oh, like, you know, if, if you go outside at all, mm-hmm. you better put that bike hat on. You better put, you know, you, <laughs> let's, let's, let's put a GPS tracker on Don't you. Don't hurt yourself. Just right? do all this shit. But yeah, I'm serious. It's, it, it's just, and it, it is spiraled to the point now where everything is, it, but I think I track it to that, you know, because I think, there, I think there's been, yes, there's been an emphasis on safety and emotional well-being. I, I don't think those are bad. And I'm not even worried so much that the kids will be soft, or at least I'm not worried my kids will be soft. Um, in the part, <laughs> I'm not know, talking about No, no, kids. no. I mean, here's why. Because there's, I mean, life will, I mean, there are certain things that no, your parents can't make fair for you. There's going to be a subject you're not great at, you will struggle. Facts. There's going to be someone you 
love, <laughs> desire, have a crush on, they're not going to want you back. What? Uh, there's going to be some competitive event. You're not always going to be number one. You're not always going to get the top trophy. What? Those setbacks are baked into life. So don't worry. My my daughter. I mean, uh, she's you know because she's older. She has she's gone further than our son in sort of school. And I was sort of mesmerized because when she was two, three years old, other kids would just come up to her and just be blunt, like, "Where's your mama?" Because really? she's got two dads, right? <laughs> yes. And she would just go. She look at me, South Carolina, like she knew that part of the story. Yeah. That what they what my kids will have to learn about um, their heritage, their roots. That is going to be. I mean, that's, that's going to be some tough years right. and some very tough conversations. So sometimes I do go, "Oh my goodness, are we providing them with too much? <laughs> are they are they are they going to have no challenges?" And I think, right. "Oh no, no, there'll be plenty of challenges. Don't you wait?" Yeah, they'll be there. But as long as you get them ready for them, I think that's important. Like we did an episode, if you remember, with Ben Watkins, and I was telling him. Don't don't yeah. don't don't misquote me on All this. All right, no, no. I was telling him about how how I grew up, you know, neighborhood I grew up in, and how bad it was, and how we moved there. We were pretty much a white family who was black. Like we grew up in a white neighborhood, mm -hmm. and we moved there, and we were teased and punked and bullied, and we had to learn how to fight. Right. I grew up in the, the neighborhood where Dangerous Minds came from. Mm -hmm. Right. Kind of like Will's neighborhood. Yeah. Right. And so. I had to learn how to fight. So it's hard for me sometimes to feel bad for the kids who are being bullied because I'm like, fucking learn how to fight, right? That's me because I did, yeah. right? Yeah, but Instead, see. But hold on, hold on, let me just finish my thought. So the point of that is I'm saying is people are like, yeah, but you aren't allowed to touch my kids. Not at school. What happens when they leave, right? Mm -hmm. What happens when they're on the bus? You know, all that stuff that I got, you know, uh, uh, targeted at when it wasn't at school. It's like, as soon as you leave, that's when they're like, three o'clock, I'm going to meet you at set. You know what I mean? So I had to learn how to fight, and I had to take martial arts to protect myself. Well, this, goes, I mean? this goes to something that, and this for every parent, you have to figure this out, which is a question of how much of your childhood do you want to replicate versus that's what, are we, like what are we trying mm -hmm. to change? I happen to not want to replicate <laughs> very much of my childhood. And I'm, you, you don't you know, want them to have all that trauma. I'm okay with it. <laughs> I said it ends with me. You know, like let's just let's <laughs> stop here. Yeah. Um, you know, I like that my kids sometimes say back to me, "I'm very frustrated with you." Oh, they do. Yeah. Well, they you can be frustrated. To, they talk to him like he white. They, no, 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 no. But here's the thing. No, 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 no. See, here's the thing. Black people have. We got to start. We talking to people like they're human. Talking to people like you have valid feelings and you want them to be heard. That doesn't change anything. You can be frustrated. You're still not getting the cookie. <laughs> you're still going to bed right now. But let's talk about why you're frustrated. I like and, it. and let's I, like I mean it. it doesn't you don't bend because they're sad, but you allow them the space to be sad. I like that. Okay. I would say are you sure frustrated is the right word that you want to use? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same, by the way. I also like I like that my quiz, my, my you know I'm trying to teach these kids to question authority. Mm -hmm. um, the but teachers they start questioning you first. That and I have to and that's part of it. I have to accept that. That's what comes with that territory. Mm. I have to now take the time and explain why. I also think that um, what I've found is a lot of parenting um, comes down to just not having time. The reason why my parents or other people's parents might have said, I'm not explaining to you is because they had to get you on this bus because they can't be late to work because they'll mm. lose their job and they can't pay the rent. Like they don't have time for these conversations. You should write a book. That's so I'm trying there. to. Okay. No, no. But when we, so like when we get them up in the morning, there's time for them to sort of like loaf around mm. because you know what? The kid, they're children. 
They're not, they're not, this is not in the military. They're not going to hop up and brush their teeth and do this and like, give you a spit shine and 10 push-ups. Right. They're kids. And so the, mis- the mistake, you're, you're sort of setting yourself up for failure if you have got some sort of thing with these kids where you got to get every green light. That's not going to happen for you every morning. Oh, that's the mistake on your part because, because you've not baked in... Uh, Time for children to be children. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I see where you're yeah. going with that. I exactly. With yeah, that. because <clears throat> if you have look, if you if you have to design your day to get anywhere where it's like I gotta get every green light, I don't want no one to fuck up on the road, I don't want there's there, there's there's all this gas in my car, you know, like like everything, you're doing something wrong. That's mm-hmm. that's on you. Like, hey, let's like let's roll back the clock and get up yeah. half hour earlier. Yeah. You know, which might mm-hmm. mean you have to go to bed half hour earlier. Which means my, you, you would like, 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 or you just fucking around somewhere sometime during the day and not managing your time. Right. It's, the time management is everything. I, I mean, look, I also, I mean, there's a pace, there's a part of privilege here, right? Like I'm a television writer. Right. The room starts at 10. You know, I got to get you to school by 845. I got I got a lot of leeway there. <laughs> my parents, uh, my mother worked at a hospital. My dad worked at Eli Lilly Pharmaceutical. My mother had to be at work at 630 in the morning. My, my, my father had to be at work by like 7 a.m. Mm. We woke up at 530 in the morning every really? single day of my childhood. Oh, so you were early, dude, Two anyway. Child. I did not love it. <laughs> I, I did not love it. But there was no give in that, you know, if they had more control over their schedule, I mean, then you can be patient, you know? I like Um, that. This is interesting. We we found a school for our our daughter and then we ended up moving to Pasadena Mm -hmm. because it was closer and we loved our house, but it was also, I had had the experience of by the way, that's we, the new black Beverly Hills, just so you know, Charles Murray and all the motherfuckers over there. Just let so me write know. it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, but they've been, by the way, Pasadena, Altadena has more black families it than it did when I was in, they've been there since World War II. Right. Like they all right. came over and bought houses. I was like, oh, yeah, I've been here. Like they're like, yeah, Jackie Robinson grew up here. <laughs> exactly. We, you know, yeah. we've been here. Um, but I've been in a situation when I was a kid where school is 40 minutes away. We're going to fight every morning. Mm. There's going to be stress every morning about can we get there? Mm-hmm. There's going to be an accident on the highway, It'll be out of your control, and we're going to be just sitting there mad. Mm. We're my, we're now like ten minutes away from the school. Like, mm-hmm. if she tells me she forgot something, I get to be a cool parent. And go, we'll just turn around and go get it. <laughs> you can't do that when you're in the middle of the four hundred five twenty minutes out. Right. So I've I've tried to set up a situation where <laughs> you are not expecting perfection from children. Mm. Okay. On that note, that was some bars though. I appreciate right, that. <laughs> no, that was that was deep because. Where I was coming from was the kids. You were talking about the kids walked up to her and was like, where's your mother? Yeah. What I'm saying is kids are the meanest. Right? <laughs> well, they don't. Not uh, every kid. But you no, got, no, you it's me. I mean. No, it's me. It is. It, it can promote cruelty. Kids don't have filters, right? Like right. their curiosity. They're just going to ask the question. Right. And that can be rude. Um, they, I mean, they oftentimes don't know what they're saying. They don't know that they're, you know, mm-hmm. mean. I mean, my, 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 I try to cook for my kids and uh, I'm not a great cook. Uh, and my daughter is like, she'll just stare and go, you're the worst cook in the world. Wow. She's like, can we have daddy do this? And I said, do you want a bowl of cereal? And she's like, yeah, I think it has to be a bowl of cereal. Okay. All right. That's just up. So look. <laughs> we appreciate you being here, dude. So here's what we want to get into. Let's yep. get into your story. Yeah. You see, we're called the Rant Room because mm-hmm. we go off on some rants and yeah. shit. But we got time. We get into your story. Let's tell everybody a little bit about where you're from, how you grew up, 
And because uh, you and I know each other a little yes. bit, yes. But I just wanted to. I'm from say. Indianapolis, Indiana, where uh, both sides of my family had been for generations. So it was like growing up in a place where everybody knew your name, mm -hmm. knew your business. Um, what's the neighborhood like? What's, what's I went to, I went to a black Catholic school called St. Andrews. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the school was black. The teachers were black. Really? Um, okay. I, I mean, I remember going to high school when I went to a predominantly white high school. Mm -hmm. And that was a moment of, oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> you know, I remember, I mean, we had this wonderful teacher, Miss Ward. And I remember her trying to explain to us that black people were the minority. And it was like that moment in The King and I where they try to tell them that Siam is an island. <laughs> right. We were like, what are you talking about the minority? <laughs> I, I know three white people and two of them are on television. Like, I don't know what you're, like it was that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I think it was really good for us because when I got to college, I felt there were a lot of black kids who were sort of going through that, that identity crisis of what does it mean to be black? Mm -hmm. And we had hashed most of that out by the sixth grade. We had, we had done the colorism, we had talked about hair, we had talked about your family, we, we sort of hit all of those points. Mm -hmm. And so by the time I graduated, I, you know, people might say to me, oh, you talk white or you do this. I knew I was black, I knew I was, I just didn't, <laughs> it, there was nothing you could tell me to shake me from that, because I had had that sort of experience, that, that foundation. All of my, and this is just, this is just the luck of my age, um, 23, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I will be 43 this month. You ain't, but a, you ain't but a kid. I'm going to be 52. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my parents grew up in Indianapolis during a time when it was segregated. So there were two black high schools and you went to one of them. Mm -hmm. The thing that sort of <laughs> happened was when I came to school, all of my teachers went to school with my parents. Oh, really? They, I mean, they knew, I mean, they, it wasn't Mrs. Newson, it was Hi Diane, Hi Chip. Like really? they had been, you would see teachers at the barbecue, you would see them in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And again, it just sort of, it, it, it gave a connectivity to our lives that you can't really buy. It also informed teachers, you know, if somebody was acting out, we knew there were trouble, we knew there was trouble at home. Mm -hmm. We could give space for that because we knew what you were going through. And even the kids, we would, we would do that. I mean, there were kids, I, there was a kid I didn't like and his, his like dad passed away. Mm -hmm. And even and as a kid, we, had, we were, okay, we're gonna give him some space. Mm. So I, 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 that part was good. Mm -hmm. You know, it's probably not a great idea uh, to be gay at a Catholic school in a conservative state in the 80s and 90s. That was probably not my smartest move. <laughs> But that Wait, also happened. You had, you had a choice. I'm sorry. Uh, that, that, they kept telling me I did. I don't know. Um, and I then this camp, I need you to go to yeah, this yeah. summer. I got this camp. Yeah. Go. <laughs> we just. Um, I mean, so that was that was rough. Um, I remember being. By the time I got to high school, everybody was oh uh, IU Purdue Notre Dame, and I was like, I got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. I have got to get out of here. And the assignment of high school, which was the best I ever did academically, the best I ever did, because mm. I understood the better I do here, the more choices I will have to get out of here. Mm. And then when I got to college, everybody was incredibly disappointed. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? I ended up going to Georgetown in DC. Okay. And I loved, I loved Georgetown. Uh, I loved DC more. <laughs> uh, but when I got to Georgetown, I, I, you look at my, I got every grade they give you. I hit for the cycle. 
<laughs> I mean, I got a D plus, which you, you have to screw up just right. And that was because I was like, well, this is the last thing I'm doing. I mean, I remember telling my friends college, getting this college degree is the last thing I'm doing for other people. Mm. Once I have this, and so I just like, just get it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, people would talk to me about grad school and I would laugh in their face. <laughs> I said, this is the end of the road. Um, so then after college, I came out to LA. Did you know you wanted to write? Were you writing then? Were you acting? Like what was your I name? had to work in college and I worked for nonprofits and I was a speech writer and I wrote press releases and mm-hmm. I was in the um, communication department. Okay. And I was really good at that and I thought about having a career in that. Had I known Barack, Barack Obama was coming, maybe I would have stuck around because I could have, <laughs> I could have, I could, oh, I could have easily worked in that White House. I knew other people who did. Right. That would have been fun. Is, but, is politics something you liked? It was. It was. It was. Um, it was very gratifying. I worked for the Coalition for Juvenile Justice. Mm-hmm. Um, not to, I guess we're, I, this is what the show is, we get off on rants. Um, do you? Do so you. one of the things I'm proudest of is when I was at the Coalition for Juvenile Justice, <clears throat> we were part of the effort uh, to make it illegal to try juvenile offenders That's and execute them. Oh, okay. Execute. We used to do that. Yeah. Um, we used to do that and I mean, I want to say like in the last 10 years or so when the Supreme Court finally said it was illegal, hmm. but that was a job where if we were successful, they would stay the execution. If we were not successful, someone would die. Hmm. Uh, and that was, I found that very heavy. I found the burnout was, I mean, I was young, but it was still already creeping up. Right. Um, that experience has paid off in dividends. One being nothing that's happening in Hollywood is ever life or death. So it, it so doesn't true. raise my yes. blood pressure yes. the way my previous work mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I did notice is in my spare time, you know, I was writing. You know, was, in my spare time, I wasn't strategizing and going to protests. I was writing short stories and screenplays. Okay. So what, that what? sort of told me. You weren't throwing Molotov cocktails? I mean, <laughs> and, by the way, and there are people who were. There are people who were. I mean, there were, I mean, there's, I mean like. There, I mean, they could. I mean, they could catch a protest every weekend mm-hmm. the way some people go to music concerts. <laughs> They're like, "We're going out here to do this thing in Virginia," and I'm like, "What? Who are these people?" It doesn't matter. There's an injustice. We're going to be there. Right, right. Um, but that wasn't what I was really doing. Um, so I decided, "Oh, okay, I'm going to come to LA and mm-hmm. and give it a try." I was somebody who thought, "Well, you, I mean, you're young. You do this for two, three years." So, what, what year did you come out? I came out here in 2002. Okay, so it's been 20 years. Um, I came out here uh, and I, I thought, if this doesn't work by the time I'm 25, I could always go back to DC and jump back into the nonprofit world and it, it'll probably be okay. Mm-hmm. So it didn't feel like the stakes were that large. I thought this would be a fun way to make a living. It has been mostly fun. Um, so that's how, it, that's how it got started. So what was your what was your first and now were you when did you meet TJ and when did you guys start working together? I didn't meet TJ until <laughs> a few years after that. I think I met TJ in like two thousand uh, four or five. So you had some specs oh, on your own. So you I'll probably pass your twenty five year mark. Oh yeah, mark. I just yeah, I just, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two things happened. One is I fell in love mm-hmm. with. I fell in love with the culture and I also fell in love with the guy. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, let's just, let's just see where this goes. <laughs> I might have what's, to stay here. What's the rush? What's the rush? Where are you going, buddy? So, um, and I, I thought one thing led to another. I mean, I had my first job here was assistant to uh, an SVP in communications at Fox Television. Mm-hmm. And I was on the Fox lot and I just thought it was so fun to be on the lot 
I yeah, there's an energy on the lot. You feel uh, even when you walk on here, it's just like well, a, that's a cool lot too. Yeah. The, the oh, Fox it's a great lot. Is, a, is yeah, one of the sure. interesting ones. Sure. Yeah. And I was I was young. I had a full head of hair. I was at the, I was like I, at the, I did too. I was like at the height of my beauty, <laughs> and I, that's important. I mentioned Shut that up, because <laughs> I mentioned I mentioned because I I made friends very easily and you would just catch on like I remember making friends with other people young people in the mail room and on Friday night when all the executives left we would drag race the mail carts down the center of the thing we flipped one once I'm I'm telling we we flipped one once and just put it back up and said oh we don't know what happened you know just it was great and in fact I was flirting with a PA on a show called AUSA that Mm -hmm. filmed on Friday nights and he says do you want to I mean we start filming at seven do you want to come down I said, absolutely, I want to come down. And so I, I went over and I became like this unpaid PA on this show because I liked this boy. And we were, I was moving the chairs and getting the ice. I was down there every week we would do this because then they would have a, the party and I would hang. I'd be up two in the morning with these guys. They thought you was on the payroll. <laughs> really, Scott Foley, Scott Foley came into the studio for a meeting and he saw me in my day job. Mm. And he goes, Rashid, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, this is where I work. I'm not actually on your show. That's hilarious. Um, my boss came and went to view, because they always gave out, they always had the option to come see the taping. Mm-hmm. And he never went, but one day he did, and he didn't tell me he was going. And so he was up in the crowd, and he's like, why is my assistant <laughs> moving chairs That's fucking funny. on the That's floor funny. of this thing? What's going on? And I, speak, <clears throat> I explain, oh, I like production. So then... Uh, they were they were they were firing Larry Wilmore from the Bernie Mac show, <laughs> and they were hiring a new guy, and he didn't have an assistant, and I didn't realize this at the time, but you know I think my boss and some of the other executives wanted someone who would be over there, who could tell them what's going on. Mm-hmm. A spy. I didn't I didn't I'm sign up for that. I didn't sign spy. up for that. I did not sign up for that. Hold on, I'm carrying. Well, let me right, call right, Larry right, right, right quick. Right, no, it wasn't Larry. Right, Larry was right, gone. Larry. All right. All right. You were an you were an agent. I was I was was I mean and so they were like oh well you want to work on in production and writing this will be good for you literally I just was sort of just transferred over Mm. into I became the the assistant to the showrunner of the Bernie Mac show and I was again I thought I was having a great time except that experience was not going well for that showrunner (laughs) was that a um Ali? No. Okay. No. Okay. Just, we'll, I, I'll clear yeah. the innocent. I don't want to name. I don't want to name the guilty, but I, I'll clear the innocent. Um, Rashid didn't know who it is. I don't but it it was one of those periods where this writer, the, the showrunner, was just sort of locking himself away and wouldn't come to the phone. Oh. And so executives started calling me, and they and I worked over yeah, there, and yeah. they're friends, and they'd go, Rashid, what's happening? <laughs> Rashid, has he has he come out of the room? Have you seen him all morning? And I'd be wow. like, Wow. That's you know. a bad position to be in. So, so we're heading to, I mean, like it, it was lasted all summer or whatever. He was not long for this world, but before he got fired, he called me into an office and he did this. And I once, this story is so bad that tell I it, once, tell it. I once heard someone else telling this story at a party. Wow. And I was like, actually, that was me. Oh. <laughs> That's how this story got around. He called me, his assistant, bright eyed and bushy tailed into his office. Mm. And he said, Rashid, sit down. On a scale of one to ten, I feel like you're not a nine, hmm. but I really need a ten. Damn, you're fired. Wow, oh that's a story. Wow, damn. Um, I had never been fired before. 
<laughs> and, and and quite frankly, from coming from the Midwest, being fired was like a it's like a moral failing. Mm. Like drunks get fired, mm. drug addicts, people who can't show up for work. <laughs> like really like irresponsible people get fired. Well you've demonstrated that you don't have the responsibility level. <laughs> <laughs> Flipping mail carts and shit. <laughs> 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 so I was, I mean, I, that was, that was the point to say, okay, am I going to go home? Cause this, I, there were no other prospects like waiting around the corner. Um, you people. I, I don't, <laughs> I didn't, I've never been great at networking. Oh. Um, I think I'm, I would call myself a, 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 a dinner party extrovert. Mm, I'm okay. really good at a small table. That's a t-shirt people. too, isn't it? But. Like I'm really good at that. <clears throat> a big room. Strangers, <laughs> that that that's not great for me. Okay. Um. So, and also, it never dawned on me. Like I, for better or worse, I think I've probably been happy in life because I'm really focused on whatever's happening right now. Mm. It doesn't. <clears throat> I don't plot out two or three steps later. You gonna lose it every chess game you play at, <laughs> then, don't you? I probably, but I never wanted to play chess. I mean, <laughs> see, that only matters if you want if you want to be like a grandmaster. Yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> but that's the thing. I never like. I think. I mean, this this goes to television now. You know, people talk about like you know like there are people like the Greg Berlanti's and they've got mm. nineteen shows. Yep. Yeah, and their yeah, empire. Yeah. Don't you want an empire? No. <laughs> No, I don't want an empire. I want to see my children. I want to see my husband. Right. Yeah, well, I want to. I want to be able to enjoy this life. Right. So I just want to catch you off. By yeah. Cut you off. I mean, look. Cut I feel what you're saying. I, it's interesting <clears throat> that you say that about the strategizing and everything like that. I. It's like, you know, having a lot of projects in the air going. I feel is like two things. Is that one? <laughs> You're trying to fill a void of something, you know, that's going on in your life. Not you, but mm-hmm. most people, you got, hey, I got something else. Something's not working. So I want to fill it up with this other time creativity because we all have this kind of extra kind of energy to, 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 like, to release stuff. Or um, there's some, some of the time, some of the time there's, like a, there's like a need for a lot of writers for revenge. You know, like, <laughs> there's a lot like, hey, motherfucker, I got this. <laughs> you know, I got this show. I got this. You know, like that feels a lot of people. I think, I think in this industry, creative people. So I think a lot of times people want to create these empires because they have a big need of revenge. You know. Yeah. Mm. So, but I don't know if you have that. I mean, you got that Catholic background, so you understand about how to be a lot forgiveness. more forgiveness and you know, turn and, for, and you, for, and and you what, and then you forgive for your sake because you don't want to carry it around. I know. I know. I mean, it's I not like I want to give you grace. I just don't want to have to deal with the anger. Exactly. I want to back up on something right quick. <laughs> I want to back up on something right quick. Yes. Here's the interesting thing. <clears throat> Everybody thinks that every writer in TV wants to be running the show and they want to be the showrunner and the executive producer and all that. And I tell them, there's a lot of people who just want to be, you know, in their lane, stay at COEP, whatever level they are, stay there, do their thing, make their check, have their home. Like you said, live your life great. You don't need to be in charge. You don't need to, you could just, well, I, I thought there's, I, there's a I, lot. I, I mean, I mean, look, I'm happy to be a showrunner. It's fun being a showrunner. 
but I did pound for pound. I think being number two is the best job in Hollywood. Mm. Tell, tell love, us why. Tell us why. You have influence <laughs> and none of the ultimate responsibility. TJ and I were like the number twos yeah. on on Shooter mm -hmm. for three seasons, and Shooter oh, was you not. You love Shooter, don't but, you? But Shooter was not a prestige show. It wasn't. It wasn't mm -hmm. like you weren't there because you were. You thought it was like your stepping stone to some HBO premium show. Mm -hmm. But but Ryan Phillippe and Omar Epps were a dream mm. that cast was so fun so hilarious we laughed day and night on that show mm. um i loved that what i could give on that show john lavin was the showrunner mm. he was the only room i've ever been in where i would start a pitch he would get it before i was done he would go no yeah just put it on the board just put it on ah, the board. you don't got to finish your sentence love this dude <laughs> the hours were great mm. i mean these things matter but like we would go, that room would meet from maybe 10 in the morning until three in the afternoon. Wow. I could pick my children up from school. Nice. You know? I, see, that's awesome. See, that's, see I, I, well, you, here's the thing too, I think a lot of people, you think about wanting to be the writer and want to be the, sh the showrunner mm -hmm. and everything. I think there's too many writers who don't have any managerial experience and fuck it up. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that they want the authority Again, that's the revenge because I got stepped on sometime and I want to be able to exert some authority, but don't know how to manage people and don't mm -hmm. know how to like, because, and, and part of managing people effectively is knowing how to delegate, right? you know, and and that takes a lot of stress off of you and everything. That's why if you, if you have a great number two, you, then you can give them a lot of stuff to do and they're like, yeah, yeah yes, you're giving me the sword <coughs> at the moment, mm -hmm. but it's still your sword. So it's gonna fall on your neck if anything bad happens. <laughs> yes, I don't have to worry about yeah. it falling on my. Neck. Yeah, they still have yeah. to cross check yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I remember <laughs> we had a director who was a bit difficult on sh on shooter, and you know John Lavin would have me covering the set, and mm -hmm. and he's, essentially my word was as good as his word unless somebody wanted to really press it and get John on the phone. And this mm -hmm. director got up. I want to talk to John, and I said to him, "You can do that." You can try to seek a reversal, <laughs> but I'm not often reversed on appeal. Ooh, I like that. I mean, and that's what that was. I mean, John, John I mean, in fact, John would almost be a little annoyed if I'm someone told him a situation <laughs> and said, well, what did Rashid say? And, and that was the answer he would give. He goes, well, why don't you just do what he tells you? <laughs> I don't understand why you're calling me now. I love him. So that was, he was great. He was a great yeah. boss. Um, so I, I liked being number two. Showrunner's fun. It's a different set of muscles. It is so much a management job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, part of the heart. I mean, I've it's not a lot of writing. A lot of times, as, it's as much writing as you can do, and it's a lot of rewriting that very rightly Correct. you can't take credit Correct. for. Like right, like you've mm -hmm. got to you let the name comes stay. with the job. Comes with the job. Yeah. You are more. You actually, in a lot of ways, your work is more invisible than it was when you were just. <laughs> but you, you get a lot of the credit. You know, what I mean? uh, in the end. It depends on who you ask. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, this is something I find interesting about most shows, any show that's a hit. You know, in the developing of a show, there are arguments about what will make the show a success. Mm -hmm. After the show's a success, there are arguments about what made the show a success. Mm, okay. Divvying up that credit is what happens on the other side <laughs> right. of victory. Right. And no one just hands you a big slice of the pie willingly. So I, you know, you I may feel like why well, I, I had a really big hand in that. There are a lot of people who will explain to me how I have overestimated my contributions. Mm. That's real talk right there. It's interesting. Well, you yeah, know, yeah. again, <clears throat> the revenge. 
People want their revenge. Mm-hmm. People want to be able to, like, you know, ha, ah, ha, ha. You know what I did? Well, you know, we talked but, about but, it. But, but, but the thing is, is that, look, everybody, it's funny, people who don't work in the industry don't realize this, but everyone who works in the industry knows that you're getting rewritten all the fucking time. It has to be rewritten for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons that no one quite understands. Sure. Um, except the showrunner and maybe the number two. You well, know? it's also like I hear all the time. At some point, especially when you're the showrunner, a lot of what we're talking about is a craft. It, it's you know, in the room, we're just talking pure creativity and choices. Right. I now have a schedule. We have nine days to shoot it. We have three days out on location. We can do this many pages a day. Yeah. Right. The line producer comes back and goes, "You got to cut two pages out of this." Yeah. And he does not care where. Doesn't. We and he had that guidance. So mu- we had that so much. We were like, "Hey, hey, so you're doing out day here? It's <laughs> two hundred grand to set up, two hundred grand to strike. Uh, you already had a lot. You're like mm-hmm. two hundred grand mm-hmm. just, just to just to be yeah. out there, not, yeah. not, not even shooting anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you know, at, you know, and at that point, if your neck is already on the chopping block, you're like, maybe we don't." You know what? We spent money on those sets. We we spent money on those sets. Yeah. Let's l- l- let's use those sets. We spent money. Exactly. Yeah. And it becomes, like, it becomes. Let's go back to the bridge. We'll just shoot it there. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's not sexy sounding, but this is logistics. I yes. Mean, the magic of television is taking that script and actually producing it. Facts. That's the magic. And making it look like you did all that with no restraints. Mm-hmm. That people aren't watching and going, God, they, they just this seems claustrophobic. Look at Can that. They leave. It feels like a they, choice. Yeah. <laughs> like there's only like one take of that car going over that bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I always get worried about people in space because I was on uh, on uh, the hundred uh-huh. and where they were they were on a satellite that was sort of yeah. orbiting Earth for hundred years, whatever. <laughs> and so you want an establishing shot of we're out there in outer space, right? And so you think, oh, we'll do that. It'll be great. It's money. And then somebody points out, well, wait a minute, it's orbiting. So every establishing shot, it should be in a new yeah. location. It, it can't, can't always be, can't be that static yeah, shot. It can't of the be same just thing. always. Oh, they're going past Brazil again. <laughs> no, I mean it's got to be it's got to be changing. Yeah. And every time we look out the window, that is also so. Like suddenly, this show where we were like, you know, we were like, oh yeah, we'll do an establishing here, and we'll have so and so stare out the window. <laughs> Suddenly, it's like curtains over every single window. Do we not are never look, looking look, out look, this look, motherfucker. Look, look. The, 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 the the meeting that really punches you in the stomach as a writer is is like is a VFX budget meeting. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's gonna be forty grand for that. You know, <laughs> two seconds. What? Forty mm-hmm. G? Uh, you yeah. know, we don't <laughs> put the curtains up. Put the curtains yeah. up. Yeah, because we need to say, you know, because I think we might a guest star. Right. Or whatever. It, I mean, it's interesting. You know what? The thing that I, um, someone who's like looked at movies for like my whole time and most, most of my time out here, the thing that I always, they would always bristle at, I was like, why? It's, you know, because with the movie, you write the script and they go, because this is the budget for the movie. We're going to do this. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this for what it is. <coughs> and, um, and you might get some cuts or whatever because of maybe cast or something's too crazy, but you're sure. within a range and they know what it's going to be. Uh, but a television, it's like, you be creating these scripts and the budget is kind of like you kind of know what the budget's going to be up front they know you, like the, the episode budget doesn't really change um you can shift a little bit around but it's almost like no one writes to that kind of 
restraint you know it's it's it, i mean because because I, I it's not your thing to do that you know well i mean during the pandemic it was even harder because oh yeah you know what was a location budget mm-hmm. i mean people knew they sort of had you like let's just take locations you want to you want to use my house mm-hmm. during, during a pandemic exactly how many choices do you have mm-hmm. and i know that and so prices would be jacked, jacked up, up. Mm-hmm. and so you know people again don't understand like during prep we're getting these prelim budgets I think the final budget locks maybe two, three days before we start shooting. Wow. And that that's budget, close. yeah, I mean, that's the most, there, there's no more appeal, mm-hmm. there's no more negotiation. Right. I love this scene by the fountain, we cannot afford the fountain. <laughs> and and I have to go in here. And, those guest stars, and, you gotta get rid of two of them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And, and we've had to make those, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry it's not gonna happen, we're not gonna do X, Y, and Z. Mm. You can try, I mean, I think we were pretty responsible in trying to be in the range, but there are all there was always surprises and things beyond your control. I mean, yep. we, I mean, the supply chain in costumes this year, if anybody's been, you know, worked through the pandemic, mm-hmm. you were like just crossing your fingers that some of these clothes would show up by the time you shot. Wow. You weren't able to just pull them off the rack. Mm. We were lucky because we had, you know, the Starfoot uniform. Oh, <laughs> yeah. so we didn't really have any, no. any issues. On we're doing high fashion over here <laughs> on Bel Air. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was a oh, day yes. where we like, we sewed one of the actresses into her dress on set because there was no oh, time damn. to take it and altered. It was like, can you hold on. it all day, bitch? Cause you ain't gonna keep. <laughs> yeah, like, don't, don't, don't bend over. Don't do nothing like that. Don't tie your shoe. Don't take a shit. Cause you know, I mean, we ain't gonna you know, can't come out of it and get back into it. Right? I mean, it was, it was, it was wild. And that, I mean, I enjoy some of that, but it's not the job you think it is. You think that's purely going to be creative. But there are other considerations. Mm-hmm. I mean, for this show, I mean, you know, marketing meetings we were in. Mm-hmm. We're looking at key art. Mm-hmm. We're um, we're talking about the strategy of talk shows and rollout. I mean, this is a, you know you're talking to publicity. Mm-hmm. None of this has anything to do with who says what to whom in a scene. Mm. But it's vital. Yeah. And if you don't get it right, no one's going to find your show, and the show's not going to yeah. take off. But you guys have a monster show. Yeah. You know, with with already has the Bel Air, the Will Smith behind it. Yeah. All that shit in line. But still, hold on, hold on. so I think it, it. I apologize. It just allows you. To, it, you already dealing with that monster. Will is the type of person who will go around the world interviewing and telling people. So you got to jump on that train. You do, but it's. You know? I mean, it's a, it's it's a dangerous sort of thing to handle. It can blow up in your face. Right. Because yes, the original gave us a lot of awareness among the audience. It also created a lot of skepticism oh, yeah. around the audience. We all were skeptical, I'm sure. I was skeptical. <laughs> I was there. And I was like, are we gonna be are we doing this? Oh, okay. Um, Carlton's gonna do what? It, <laughs> right. I mean exactly. you know, but that feeling of having to take big swings. I think came from the feeling of, well, if you're gonna do it, you better sort of make it your own. Right. Like if we live in their shadow, we will die in their shadow. For sure. So we had to make some some big choices. Um, and, and I had faith, I had faith. I thought we had, we had, one of the best things we did was casting, like we had a great cast. Such a great cast. And <clears throat> I was like, they will carry And they this. look like a real black family. Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we were like, we, they will get us where we need to go mm-hmm. over the, the length of the season. I mean, poor Ollie who played Carlton. Oh, I love Ollie. Took body <laughs> shots on Twitter. People were comparing the shape of his head to a Subaru. What? Like it got personal over there. 
Um, and he's a lovely guy, he's and so he's sweet. a talented actor. Yeah. I told you I met him like met last him. week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah And he got and by ten he got there. People ago. liked mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. I met him at a, at a at a play I was at, and I mean I was, <clears> he was there in the audience. I said, "Oh man, what's up?" But it's interesting. The 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 just something I want to ask you about the show is that like you have a show that is and tell us how you came to the show too when you get yeah. is is like a huge nostalgia bomb, right? Yeah. But unlike any other. <clears throat> nostalgia bomb you guys are not doing like a reboot or a recast or anything like that or or reimagining it's like a we're gonna do the the dark version of this story i think that's a i mean how'd you guys because that's that's the thing that's interesting what you're saying about like the shadow of the original show is mm-hmm. like like you guys are in that shadow but you can't rely on any of that either because you don't because you're not doing any jokes you're not really doing yeah. that you know um, a lot of that comes from Morgan Cooper's trailer, which is that, I mean, the thing you saw that people responded to, which is like, oh, I've just never thought of the story this way. What if we took this thing and we grounded it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you as a comedy premise, it works very well. It's a fish out of water story. But if you looked at it as a drama, first you've got to explain what happened in Philadelphia that his mother put him on a plane and right. sent him out here. And then also, what happened in Philadelphia that like he needed to go so fast that didn't involve him having to mm-hmm. go to court? Y'all turned that shit way up. I man. mean, you just it, but it, yeah. it was sort of great to sort of take something to go. Oh, you think you know this story? Now we're gonna mm-hmm. tell it to you again. I mean, I'm a theater uh, nerd, so it's like it's into the woods. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yes. right? Like, let me just tell it to you <laughs> yes. another way and see mm-hmm. how see how you like it. You know, it's funny when, when uh, um, we were in the, we were in the Star Trek room and we were. Um, and the trailers dropped for that, you know. I remember we were joking around. We were like, "Are we gonna see Cheers with a bunch of alcoholics and shit and like mad at the, <laughs> and fucking dying of the day?" <laughs> They've got Fox News on in the yeah, bar. Yeah, you're like, "Oh, this is not what I, <laughs> not, I expected." I'm watching Cheers. It's Carla. It's Carla Maga. <clears throat> What's happening? So I interviewed Morgan Cooper on the Writers Guild podcast, and we were talking. I was telling him about the trailer that they did. Viral. Dude, crazy. Was about <clears throat> and I said, here's the interesting thing about the trailer. I watched it. It's one of those ones you can't watch once. Yeah. And Chris and I make a lot of these type of, you know, yeah. uh, uh, um, proof of concepts and whatever. Yeah. And the, it's hard to nail it just right. Yeah. What he did was it made you so curious. You had to push play again to make sure you saw what you thought you saw. Right. Yeah, and you want well. You had to watch it again because you had to check in on everybody. The first right. time you watch Will, and you go, "Let me, let me go back. Let me see what what are we doing with Uncle Phil? Mm-hmm. Oh, what are we doing without Viv? Like, right. there's a family there that we know, which is, by the way, I mean that was our greatest advantage. I mean, I don't know about you, but every time I watch a new show, it takes me about a season to learn everybody's name. For sure. Oh yeah, I'm just calling oh, yeah. them by nicknames. Yes, just for to sure. try to figure out what's happening. But this show immediately, every everybody, oh, it's on Viv. Easy. Oh, that's Hillary. Easy. You get such an advantage <laughs> from that mm-hmm. because once you know somebody's name, but mm-hmm. it's also an emotional, it's a, it's a connection. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know their name, you're kind of bound to them in a new way. Right. Um, and even though you're just meeting them in our version, they somehow have this history. And so we were, we got to play off of that and against that and with that, I loved it. So how did, how did you and TJ come to the show? So we I, I know we skipped over like all the other 20 shows you've yeah, been on. The show, no, but it's okay, great. it's no, okay. No, no. You, you, you named a couple of them. Yeah, no, so it's fine. They can look you up. Um, <laughs> no, it's, you know, the again, most people I think have a strategy <clears throat> or maybe they, they have stepping stones and they know what they're doing. I will tell you what TJ and I do when it comes to hiring. We take the best of the available work. Mm. Mm. 
this is the job that's, these are the things in front of us. What would you be most excited about working on? Mm. Um, we had, we were developing something with NBC and they approached us about Bel Air and it was sort of this feeling of, well, if you helped us launch Bel Air, that could be favorable to the other project you're doing. That's how they get you. Uh, we joined <laughs> Bel Air. The other project, sadly, did not come to pass. Mm. Uh, I do not know if those two things are related. I'll let you speculate. <laughs> you want me to call him? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rashidi, can you call him for me? <laughs> so, we, so we were on Bel Air. We were, TJ and I were the number uh, two to the showrunner, um, which again is mostly just picking up those parts of the show that the showrunner wants to delegate to you. Right. Um, it's different on every show. Maybe they go, I don't really care for Let's post. Let's talk about what, what some of the duties. You like, can, you, they can say you take post. Um, their departments they can hand you. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they give you hair, makeup, uh, set deck. Mm -hmm. But it's whatever meetings, they sort of carve out parts of this show. Because the job is huge. Yep. The job is huge. And so there, you must delegate. And so that's what being the number two is. And we're just there to sort of fill in the gaps. I mean, something I've, for example, done on every show, because a lot of people don't like it, and it's almost like an ancient art that is taught and passed <laughs> down from on high, <laughs> but it's putting together the writer's delivery calendar. Here's the oh, schedule yeah. of when the outlines and when we're gonna get feedback mm -hmm. and we're gonna go to the studio and we're gonna go to the network and same with scripts. Mm -hmm. It is painstaking. You gotta look at a calendar, look at holidays, figure out how many <laughs> days you're gonna give people to write the thing, rewrite the thing. How many, how many days thing. do you guys have on that show? How many, um, how many, like when they go off to write the outline, how many days do they have and how many days they have to write the script? Well, in outlines, I tend to give people three to five days okay. and you get to go off to write mm -hmm. your outline. Your outline should hopefully mean what we have on the board. You should be you cleaning it up and finding some holes and yeah. come yeah. back and So ask. you guys are detailed on the board. We're pretty yeah. detailed nice. on the board, but I mean, I'm trying to save time for there because you could come, you could go off with that. Things look great on the board and then you, got, you, somebody, you go off and you go, this ain't working. <laughs> exactly. I got a problem in act three. <laughs> and we need time for you to come back in and talk to us and figure out what that is. Um, I always tell people like the time should look luxurious if everything's going right. The schedule is built to, to keep to hold together should something blow up mm. and the truth is I don't know which episode that's going to be mm -hmm. um, but one of us probably <laughs> so so then when you get to script you've got I try to give people 10 working days okay. so let's pre let's pretend you don't that's have to lot. write that's a lot of time that's a lot hour long yeah. it did not but it did it's hour long and also that did I mean the first season that did not hold mm -hmm. right like we were Weeks and weeks behind, I'll explain. But um, <laughs> so um, I try to give people time to react. You don't always get that. So we joined the show. Mm -hmm. Nine weeks into the show, there is still no pilot script that has gotten approved. Oof. And they part ways with the showrunner. Mm. And TJ and I become the showrunner. Oh, that was during season one. That was during season one. Oh, and so okay. then we were working with uh, Morgan uh, Cooper and, mm -hmm. and Malcolm Spellman. Yep. And the first assignment was write a pilot script that we can get approved. Right. But you're nine weeks into your room. Mm. Mm. That was then followed by, so we wrote a script. Everybody's happy. Great. We're going to go to Philadelphia to start shooting. But, oh, we need a cast. <laughs> so why don't we cast this entire <clears throat> iconic family right now? Now it's like week 12 of mm. the show we are heading towards production in less than two months we are casting this um 
it's taking us out of the room. Once we got it cast, once we get the script, we're still working with the pilot script. Once all that gets settled, my original schedule, we should have had half the show written before we said action on the pilot. When we were shooting the pilot, I was doing revisions on episode three. Ooh. So we were in that sort of time crunch. You never recover. We're in that time crunch for the rest of the run. So, no, yeah. so that five days, ten days, no. that went away. Yeah. I mean, you know. You got a day. The, 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 the thing about the time crunch, um, that's a real test of everybody's, you said earlier, the craft. Everybody's yeah. craft. How fast can you turn around stuff? How fast can you do something? I mean, we ran into so many issues. You probably ran into two because you're shooting in the pandemic. Yeah. So you have this like this mm. protocol, Makes it worse. protocol yeah. of how to shoot. How much do you think you could shoot? Thinking, oh, we're just going to shoot the way we usually shoot. But then it's like, ha-ha! <laughs> That's not going to happen at all. You're going to get slowed down, <clears throat> all this kind of craziness. And, um, you know, people might get COVID on the cast and mm. the crew. It's interesting to see, you know, and the thing is, they don't let you budge on the dates. The, mm. the no, network. they're like, we're still going to air. Yeah. So you're gonna have to be, you know, work work harder, work mm. on the weekends. Like I said, I don't like to do, but you have to work <laughs> on the weekends, do all yeah. that. It's, it, there's, <clears throat> it's interesting how much um, pressure you can put put under and still deliver good material. Yeah. Yes. You know? I mean, Bel Air's launch date was the Super Bowl. <laughs> they're not moving that. Not at all. No way. They're not moving that. No yeah. way. That launch pad is there, and you you better build the rocket ship. Yeah. Because something is taking off. Right? Yeah. And that was that was the the challenge of the moment. I mean, you talk about the COVID stuff. I tell people like even oh it must have been tough when you know people had a positive test. And I said yeah that's tough. But let me tell you what was actually eating us up more: inconclusive tests because mm. they do a rapid test. So somebody like the director or a key actor comes in in the morning, they would take a test. It'd be inconclusive. Mm. You have to take another test. You have to wait another half hour. Oh, there could be three or four inconclusive tests before you got the negative. Damn, oh, two hours of your like morning gone. is gone. Yeah. Just waiting. And you can't start until they. Damn, I can't see, put them in see, hair and makeup. See, I can't damn. bring no, the director no, no. to set. We didn't. No, for, for our show, everyone had to test Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, like the the, the, the the throat test. And mm -hmm. then on the Tuesday and Thursday, you had to do like a little small test. They were so stringent on that. They were and that's just so expensive. stringent on that. And people coming in, you'd have to get a test on a s Sunday or a Saturday, and they pay for it. Mm -hmm. You know, and it had to come in negative. So by the time you come in on the day, because they were not going to have, they, they, they weren't going to have any of that. They, they were not, I mean, Sometimes people came back, but you know, I remember the season three, like the whole stunt team came back. I, I tested po positive, Damn. you know, and uh, <clears throat> I remember Patrick's wife tested positive. We were like, "Is motherfucker gonna die because his wife is positive?" Oh no, you know, because <laughs> oh, his wife man. is four years younger than him. It was just this crazy thing where you don't know how any of that stuff works. I'm so stunned that more people weren't. You know, showing up like inconclusive or 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 dead or. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't know. I think I think it's a miracle. I think it's a miracle yeah. that the season worked. Um, yeah. We had one where an, an actor tested positive, and Ollie happened to be on the lot doing ADR, and I was like, "Get Ollie out of ADR, put him in hair and makeup, get him to the set. He's in this scene now. Mm. The pages will be to you momentarily." 
Oh, I he mean, had to we learn it there. Just, I mean, <laughs> I mean, because the thing is, like, when somebody <clears throat> tested positive the morning of, well, the rest of us are here, and mm-hmm. uh, we've kind of yeah. got a day planned, and what we're going to do, guys? I mean, who's going who's going to say these lines? Right. And sometimes you could give it away, but in this one, I was like, we need another person. It just so happened Ollie was an ADR, and I was like, get him over here. And what I do love about, I mean, the upside was this cast and crew. It was they were very game on to mm. just help with everything. Like That's good. you know, normally there can be problems. You try to hand an actor some new pages mm-hmm. and say, "Here are your new lines. We're about to shoot this." They go, what, "Where's my? I, how am I supposed to learn this?" <laughs> Ollie, of course, was like, "I get it. I'll, I'm gonna. You can count on me." Mm-hmm. And that was lovely. The circumstances were trying. The stress was tremendous. Mm. But I, I'm very happy with how this cast and crew held together in mm. the face of that adversity. Nice. It's tight. I mean, the, the, the whole show, the cast, I think the writing is really good. It looks good. You mm-hmm. know, Cooper, you know, at least established that look that he had based on the, the um, season. Yeah. The, yeah. Which I don't know if you know, but we, we cast James Madison in our in oh our great show. yeah front been one of the reasons he came in he was good but we saw the the trailer we were like and me and Chris are like yeah we need this dude this That's dude no, is great. good this bad yeah um where was I going oh so the show looks it looks super amazing I love to hear stories like this when you see it on the screen you think oh my god that went perfectly right uh-huh. you know? yes. that is, that's she, the magic trick. Shout out to, you know, like you said, Malcolm Spellman, a big bro, you know, Janika and Jashika and, you know, Hank and all the people, you know, don't know who came back, but shout out to them anyway, because they're a lot of people. Now, the cool thing is, is the stories that I love is the fact that we think it was perfect. Right. Oh, they had Will. They had everything. Eh, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what you think. The illusion. Yeah. Right. The perception is that everything was perfect on a show like that. These. This is why I love to have these kind of deep talks with people like like you could tell what you could yeah, tell no no but they it's really not as great as you think it is you know I, what but I mean? my thing is i don't know if there's any show that there's no show that really goes smoothly you know where they get what they want all the time no no, no, no yeah, yeah you can't it's just it's just not it's not it's not i i i don't think the 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 parameters of television allow you to do that you know like yeah you know you eight days nine days to shoot something and you know, you just and and you're going for something big. You're going for something that is very much movie quality. You know, like the like the, yeah. the like like the date like the schedule of shooting a television show probably hasn't changed in fifty years. You know, hey, you get, you get seven <laughs> right. days, whatever, shoot your show, mm-hmm. shoot your show. But the production value is ratcheted up to what they would do in a movie, which they would give you, you know, the, the same amount of pages. They give you twice that time to shoot, right. you know. So there's a lot of pressure to get, to get what you're shooting to look good, you know, and you know just everything that I, I feel that makes the that you're like ah, well, this is what we didn't get. This is what we didn't get. <laughs> but the beauty is the editing, you know. I mean, if if the directors do it right, then you can solve a lot of things in post, you know. Yes, I mean, I to, to your to like what went smoothly. I can tell you. I mean, the first few episodes. It was, we were not making our days, right? So we were going into overtime, mm. which is expensive. Yes. And it's unsustainable. Mm-hmm. And I keep telling people like, they're like, oh, they give you more money. I was like, no, they don't give you more money. They take it out the back end of your budget. <laughs> exactly. mm-hmm. You get no more money. Yes. 
Isn't it the Nick contingency? No. No. It's not like a movie where they can, go over, they can really go over budget. Yeah. No. Like, so what ends up happening is like they're like, well, you're going to have less money in these later episodes. I mean, I, I always love in television, every once in a while, you know, you see a bottle episode. And you're like, oh, isn't that cute? They did a little right. bottle episode. I'm now like, oh, that's an emergency. The fly. That is no, something. Right. We're out of money. We need to say everybody's staying here. It's walk away lunch. I mean, it's that sort of thing. Right. So um, we, we had a really tough time in the beginning getting that look and getting and we were maybe over ambitious in what we were trying to shoot mm. what we were demanding of everybody and what i'm proud of is we had to learn very quickly okay guys what can we do something as simple as i think in the beginning our scripts <laughs> were like 53 pages 55 pages because you're on because you're on like mm-hmm. yeah no it came it came down i said oh, yeah. I, I need uh 48 48 yeah, oh, yeah. Ooh, 48 47 pages. 47, 44. I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. take a 44. Because also, by the way, it would still stretch to an hour. It right? would. Yeah, it we, would. We were doing, that's another problem. We shot 55 pages. Great. The director's cuts an hour, 10 minutes. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What are we going to do now? You know, you're <clears throat> dropping whole storylines on the floor. Mm. So we had to make serious calibrations where we were like, okay, how much can we actually tell? How far can we go? Yeah. Also, and this is the fun part. By after two or three episodes, you've learned the strengths of your cast, and you just make it easy on yourself. Mm-hmm. And you go, let's lean into what they're they're giving us. Um, the story I like the, the, the most is uh, Coco and Jordan, who play Hillary and Jazz, mm-hmm. had their first scene yes, in, at the in episode store. four. They're finally going to meet. Cause yeah. we, and by the way, we'd been meaning to put them together, but we had so much to do. We They didn't even see each other. Right. And so, all right, it's episode four. You're about halfway through the season. Should they meet, you think? Yeah. So, we, so we put them in the record store. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way it was scripted, I thought Jazz is going to be sweating her and she's going to have no time for Jazz. Mm. Except he was funny. Jordan's funny. And he oh, was he sort of coming, coming in sideways yeah. with it. And it was making Coco laugh. <laughs> Mm. And, and, it, and in fact it was like and she kind of gave it back and I'm like well now mm-hmm. she's she seems like she's down with this mm-hmm. like this chemistry is funny and it's instant and this whole storyline in your head where he's chasing her and she's looking down her nose at him that is going away right in front of you mm. in fact you're looking at the pages going we gotta rewrite this yeah. you know I think there was a part where we, she talks about oh well, you know you look like Tupac like yeah. right <laughs> which, but which that was, he does yeah, <laughs> yeah. well so that's that's on the fly like well look let's just go with it right. but originally the thought was she'd be like she would put him down mm-hmm. he was gonna be you that tall lady in the guest house and she was gonna be like you that broke brother <laughs> driving doing an Uber yeah right <laughs> you know when the switch came though she's like Oh, you own this? It was like something. <laughs> it was you remember it? Yeah. it was I mean, sweet. right, but she could have also been yeah. like, you own this. You know, right, like it could have right, been, right, right. you know, oh, it's this record store, but she was really, she played it like I'm game for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Changes the entire trajectory of this right. scene and where we're going to go. And and I I think, you know, I've been on shows where I know there would have been writers who would have went in and given the note to the actress, you don't like him. Right. You, you right. Don't, don't play this. I'm like, don't be an idiot. This is good. Mm. Go with this. Go with this. Go with this. And I think that became a mantra for the show, which is if they show you what they can do. I mean, we, I remember once we gave a lot of dialogue to Cassie and she sort of had this monologue and she went in and like she nailed it on the first take. And I go, mm. you'd have messed up. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be sending you. I was like, if I have that oh, card, yes, from now on, yes. If I have that card, so Chris, you, Chris says that all the time. Yeah, I know. Exactly I, now that I know you can do that, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So like the scene with her and um, the second Aunt Viv and the original Aunt, mm-hmm. Aunt Vi, 
we gave her like a two-page thing. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, it was beautiful and she mm-hmm. was beautiful doing it. But that's because we had learned, oh, she can do that. So like you start putting people in. Um, the superpowers. Well, Adrian, Adrian and, uh, and, and Jimmy, you know, uh, Uncle Phil and um, Jeffrey. Oh, Those two, yes. every scene, they, they were always like a dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. There's a scene, I think it's episode six, when uh, Phil is getting mad at Wilkes. And, you know, Jimmy doesn't even have any lines in the scene, mm-hmm. but you watch the shot and he just stands up in the background. Like he suddenly appears Crazy, like, yeah. oh, we gonna have a problem. <laughs> He's ready exactly. to go. Yeah. And I, you just see that. You're like, oh, my God, these two are great. And so in the back half of the season, you're going, well, we got to put them, where can we, like, that's, that's gold for us. Here's a funny How thing. do we put them together? Here's a funny, keep that thought. Here's a funny thing. I was telling Morgan, I said, when I saw the first, I think I saw the first two or three, and I said, something about Jeffrey's character, I kept feeling like he's the type of dude in a suit who actually was some former MI6 dude or whatever, yeah. who could do a bunch of cool shit. He probably would take somebody out, like he's got a bad side to him. I was like, I don't know where y'all going, but there's something about Jeffrey, and, and you know what I mean? No, and we love it. We yeah, want to so play I was it. like, I mean, ooh. Well, that thing, you got five seasons, right? You want to try to, let's, let's get some layers. <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, it's one of the things that you you pick. This, this is the thing I kind of love about directing, being on set, is that you see. You know, there's a you know there's a like, you know it's, look there's a thing you've written, and then it's rewritten again when it's when it's in production, and it's like oh shit because right? you don't know what the cast is going to give you, you yep. know, and that and that's that's truly the gold of any kind of film entertainment mm-hmm. because that magic that you can't script you can't determine it until those people get in the room is what people are gonna want to see you know and it's and it's it's interesting to hear that you guys are like that you guys are writing to make that change i mean i'm asking you a question do you think if you guys were on a network Mm. show not on a streamer do you think that that you'd have that flexibility to do that i think the opportunity exists probably in every space it's it's a it depends on the, the temperament of the showrunner i've had showrunners who said get every word as it is scripted mm. and i don't i don't want any changes to it right and that creates a different side of tension on on set mm-hmm. where you cannot move on until it is letter perfect right um i think i've seen people they've got a very strong vision that they will not be swayed from and they impose that vision on the show. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Right. Depends on how that plays out, I guess. <clears throat> I think TJ and I, um, just by our very nature, are collaborative. And I think we lean into finding some exploration on set. There are times where it goes too far. Sure. You know, I'll go, okay, yeah. I don't need that many curse words, or can we pull back on that or on this one I really do need this line because we're going to reference this line we're mm-hmm. going to call back to this but in the time pressures we're at under the stress we were under I just thought it was working and I thought it made the days easier to mm-hmm. go with what we were discovering down there but I that's the but that is sort of the beauty of being on set at that point generally speaking there is no censor anymore right like you can, you can live, you can dive by this, but you can rewrite things on the fly and people are kind of stuck with it. I mean, there could be ADR here and there, mm-hmm. but that freedom <clears throat> is available, I think, on every show. Let me ask you a question. 
So let's take that scenario. They're in the record store, right? Yeah. And Hillary and um, Jazz are rehearsing their scene. Mm -hmm. And you see something in the moment. You're like, oh, I wasn't planning on going that way with it, but I really like it. Do you get on the phone with TJ and say, yo, TJ, here's what I'm going to do? He's or probably do you, next to me. Okay, I don't know. Because <laughs> sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, for, I forget, so by then, yeah. you guys are just in we'll production see. and everybody, the room is gone. Yeah. But sometimes the room is yeah, still he's gone. Probably That's there. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No. Um, okay, well, then that, in that case. The, I'll tell you, yeah. one of the shows I worked on was Army Wives. Right. And TJ's first episode we wrote, we killed one of the regulars. His father was uh, a character, uh, another Army character on the show. Mm -hmm. And we got to the scene where the general on the show is telling Frank there was a battle, your son was in it, your son is dead. Okay. And we had, it was about page and a half scene. They do the rehearsal and he tells him that news and the actor Frank takes it in and has, can't speak and then mm. the, the general is supposed to tell all these things and uh, the actor, God bless him, came to us and just said, I wouldn't, I would just let this, I'd be there with this man, but I'm not saying anything to him. Mm. I wouldn't say anything to him. I don't think we need the mm. back half of this scene. Right. We are in South Carolina. We are outside. We are losing the light. I am <laughs> not the number two on the show, right? I'm like, I'm like a <clears throat> executive story editor, right? Like I'm there. That is a situation where I picked up the phone, I called Jeff Melvoin, mm -hmm. and I, I shout out to Jeff, <laughs> and I explained to him, "Here's the situation. The actors feel strongly about it. I saw it in rehearsal. I think it will be strong. I don't think you'll miss it. You'd probably end up cutting this in post. Mm. What do you say?" And he said, "Let him. You could let him do with it. Go with it. Go with the cut." Just make the change. That's a pro. Let's like mm -hmm. you know. He, I mean, but he, but he's, but you're right. He is a pro because what mm -hmm. that is is he on the other side of the phone, on the other side of the country. Here's this described to him, mm -hmm. and he's thinking about what am I going to need in post, yep. and will this work with? Will this feel true truncated? How long can I stay on this shot? Like he's doing all that while I'm talking, mm -hmm. so that he and he's got enough experience and confidence in him in in his in his choices to right. say, all right. Let's go with it. Mm -hmm. Well, see, also the thing about Jeff that's interesting is that, A, you know, like, he's, um, he's kind of like that master of what's done in post, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, he brought on the survivor to handle all the post. He teaches that post thing mm -hmm. for the writers. You know, like, he's one of those guys who can kind of see the cut. Yeah. You know? Um, interesting. Interesting. It's interesting, you know, like, a lot of times you think about, like, how long can you sustain a single shot? <laughs> You know, is it eight seconds? Is it ten seconds? That's you know, like, and those two seconds are actually a lot. You know, to the audience, like, sure. what the fuck is that? You know, yeah. um, like, we'll get out of here. It's weird. It's weird. How, like that balance. Um, no, but you're right. I mean, that's what happens. That the whole thing about it is that you know this. You know, from being on set, watching it happen, there's that moment of energy that um, between the two people when they're not talking or they are mm -hmm. talking or they're doing. That you want to capture that because there's something because there because that's the magic that when you see it happening in front of you you go oh it's gonna work it's gonna work but 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 I gotta convince other people <laughs> that it's gonna work you know and that's like and I, I guess that's that's part of your ability to be persuasive you know well th there have been I've been on shows where there's actually there's no um, don't call don't ask the answer is no I want what mm. we yeah. wrote yeah and you don't I mean like there's, I don't even pick up the phone. I have to explain to the actor, I'm so, so sorry. The best I can do for you is maybe we'll take one where we do it your way, but I need. I need this. I need this. Yeah, on give, the I always say that. Give him a gimme. You know? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. They get, they, I mean, that one goes, you, I feel like you can always use that for one season. Because mm-hmm. after a while, they look and they go, you don't take any of my, you don't take any of my choices. <laughs> like, you're just like, you just plant, you just, this is just a brush off. Right. You're not actually giving me anything. <laughs> right. And, and that's, and that, and that's I've been in, situ- I've been in situations where once that trust is broken, the actor says, <laughs> no, mm. I won't, I won't say the line because I know you're going to use it and I don't believe in it. Mm. And you know that's that, you th- there. And there are phone calls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like who? Who? I, I think Terry was saying there was one time like, um, in, in, in season one, the actors work for you. Mm. In season two, they work with you. In season three, you work for them. Interesting. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, I'm I'm sympathetic to actors. I so mean, you have to be. I mean, because at some point, I mean, especially if you're the writer or the showrunner. The actors realize they're the only ones who don't actually ever get to leave the island. Mm. I mean, everybody else might go, hey, I just signed this great uh, development deal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go be somewhere else where I'm working on something else. <laughs> that's true. That's some true. some stranger is going to walk in here and talk to you like I used to. They <laughs> will not know any of the history like I do, but right. good luck to you all. Mm-hmm. And they have to sort of guard these characters. They have to guard what is the tone of the show. That's a good point. Um they are the ones, I mean, they're the face of it. I mean, this mm-hmm. is, we talk to actors. I mean, I'm very serious about, I mean, you hope, I don't think you you don't want a place where they abuse it, but I understand that if you're uncomfortable, you need to say something. Because right. mm-hmm. this will be your face saying this forever. Yeah. So let's just talk about where, where we're going and what, why we're doing it. Right. Let me, let me ask you, uh, since you guys just, did, did you just start the new room? Or is it coming? We uh, just did two weeks in a mini room, and tomorrow the full room gathers. Wow. Nice. Okay, so let me ask you this. So what are you guys doing? This is, I'm speaking for the audience, by the way. I get sure. it. But yeah. what do you guys do in the mini room that's getting you ready for the full room? And how about how many people do you have in there? And like, is it just all upper levels? Like it's all like? upper levels. <clears throat> uh, it was me, TJ, and three other writers. Mm-hmm. And it's really, you're doing it to try to cut through too many voices. Um, I love uh, staff writers, but I don't know that it's incumbent on a staff writer to help us figure out what the season arc's gonna be. I mean, good right. God almighty, what are we paying you? Exactly. To come in here, could you, <laughs> could you tell me what the will arc's gonna be for season two, staff writer? No. I mean, that's, they're, they're supposed to help us you know, bring that vision to life. Yeah, but that's that's a tall order. And yeah, by the way, Will takes a trip to the moon, right? Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, a showrunner. What do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, and it's, that's not to say that we won't get in the major room and the staff writer won't come up with an idea that yeah. absolutely changes sure. the season art. Yeah. But we wanted to to present the full room with something that we felt was here's our idea of where we're going with each of these characters throughout the season, right. and it's easier to have that <laughs> conversation in a smaller room than it is with yeah. 10 and 12 people. Okay, and then picking up from that, when you guys are staffing, what are you looking for? Oh, this is what we all upcoming hey, writers want to know. Th- I know he's right sitting now. here, so yeah. I'm just trying to, you know. Get it in. I, I personally, I, um, I, I would call it spark. I'm looking for characters who feel fleshed out, but not in like a, like a archetype sort of way. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for something that distinguishes your hero, something that distinguishes your voice. Um, I always tell people, I like people like to make big swings. Yeah. I want a surprising turn that also seems like it was inevitable. Like, oh, oh my God, been setting me up for that the whole time. And it worked. Yes. Um, 
I personally like a little humor in my drama. Yeah. But this is my preference. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't, I, that's just how I like it to be. Um, yeah. I love that humor in the drama because when everything is so relentless, it gets a little. Yeah. You got to have rise and fall. It gets, you gotta, it gets tiring, yeah. I, like, like I think as the reader, but more importantly as the, as the audience, you know? Um, I also, my big thing is I tell people when I'm reading, the biggest thing is I want to feel like you've developed more than your leads. Because sometimes it feels like everybody else walking in is just a straw man mm -hmm. here to drop off some exposition or doing something. I'm like, well, could you flesh this person out? Mm -hmm. I mean, give him some smile, give him some style, give him something. Exactly, right. You know? Um, and so that's probably what I'm looking for. But then, I mean, here's what's funny. Like, when you get to this point, everybody I read, they're talented enough. Everybody's right. got that. They're, they're at that level. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into the interview what I try to do is break it into conversation. I'll say, you know, we're just thinking, and you know, we're just thinking of doing something like this with a character. What would you think of that? Mm. And I want to bat the ball back and forth. Mm -hmm. yeah. I got to tell you about an interview that did not go well. <laughs> tell us, tell us. I said, we're <laughs> thinking about doing this turn with the character. Mm. What would you think? And the person goes, even better than that. Oh. What if blah, 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 blah. All right. I hit another one back. Oh, we can, but we could also take it there. And they went, even deeper than that. Ooh. What if blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, because I tell people at the beginning, like, this is not debate. This right. is not about you tearing down some other idea you mm -hmm. don't like. I want to hear you positively promote your ideas. Right. We will decide what is going into the show. <laughs> exactly. But, but, I, but I thought to myself, this person is talking to me, and I thought, boy, I wouldn't like you putting down the ideas of your peers. Mm -hmm. And I certainly don't think you should be talking that way to the showrunner. <laughs> so <to> you. Like, <laughs> well, well, see, okay, you know. Hold on, y'all better take the note. Thing, the thing that, you know, this, I mean, this is what you know. Like, you know mm -hmm. this. Are these people going to be at Thanksgiving dinner with you for 10 months? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if they're not, I mean, like, you, have, are you at the dinner table fucking up like that? Are you going to eat all the damn cornbread and not give me none? You can't be at the table then if, you, if, 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 if you're showing me that the cornbread is all going down your throat because that's not... Yes, you're I agree. right. It's, it's got to wear well. Like yeah. I've got to be able to hang with you mm -hmm. for a very long time. And, and by the way, and it's not like I don't want disagreement. But I mean, like I'll tell you somebody who did it well and she's going to be in this room. We worked with her another show, a writer named Nambi Kelly. And we were, given, we were on the shy together. And I'd written some scene, and, and there was a female character, and we're just every, the room got together to talk about the script, mm -hmm. and we got to that scene, and Navi sort of smiled, and she goes, "I like this line here, this female." She goes, "She goes, it's almost like a, a woman would say it." Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Well, go ahead and tell me, what do you got?" And she gave the line, "I go, oh, that's good," and it went in, but she did it with humor. Yeah, yeah that's and a good one. A, yeah. a little bit like she, you know, she can get away with that, yeah. like, and. Like, you're a gay dude. You're close. You're close. You're close, you're close here. You're not bad. Not bad. You can put a little something else on exactly. it. Exactly. And I, I, can, I can deal with that. I think um, some, people, some art, people think There's an debate. art to giving a note. That's what I always yeah. tell everybody. There's an art to it. And I think sure. a lot of people, I think, they're, I think they come from that debate school of let me dismantle yours mm. and then put mine forward. And I'm like, that, that, that gets old with me mm -hmm. really quick. For sure. Yeah, no. for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, some of the, you know, this. I remember when we were doing some scripts and we broke the room down into like smaller people to kind of just handle stuff. And you know, like if I was going over 
the scripts with like the supervisor producer Nicole EP, which happened a bunch of times, you know, I would just make a suggestion. Hey, do you think this line could be this? You know, or hey, like, is this something that we need right here? Or like, is this covered here like earlier? Is this like, like, it's not confrontational, you yeah. know, but the thing that you got, you know, if I could suggest something too, that's the thing you want, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel it's just like everything else. You know, if you're gonna, you know, like you can't poo poo an idea nah. unless you have a replacement. Yeah. You know, but if you just, but you know, <laughs> but if you're asking to a degree, like, does this still work? Or, I mean, there's, there's ways to do it so that, so that, that no one feels slighted, you know, right. and a lot of it is that, or, you know, like part of what I've been able to do because I've directed actors a lot is that uh, you come up, you got to ask them questions so they can solve like an acting issue Mm -hmm. is I do that with the writer. I go, how does this work emotionally here for you? You know, so that, so that, you know, cause you know, as someone who's, who's not like upper, upper level, I can't demand changes, you know, and not that should be anyway, but it's like, you know, how do you keep people like thinking? Yeah. You know, is is really what it is, right. you know, because 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 everyone wants to um, uh, be part of the team right. and not be, you know, the, the asshole and not feel like because the worst thing is I wouldn't like this line. Yeah. <sighs> now, you got to be additive. You got to be, additive. <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, there's, there's, like, there's those moments where someone where, you know, someone is mad and they and they uh their body language or they make some oh, yeah. sound that really just like why would you do that i why would you do that? i worked with the writer teacher and i worked with the writer on a show who during the notes session before his script just glared everybody in the room really? like he was going to murder us one by one before lunch That's it was horrible oh it's really it was just like i was like this and it had the right effect i mean i'm sure the effect he wanted because after about two or three i was like i got nothing to say to this guy yeah, he didn't want to hear it. That's what he wanted. He didn't want to hear none of it. He he got it. Yeah. Go ahead, do do what you want. I don't exactly. care. Exactly. But you get the final change anyway. <laughs> well, on that show, on that show, I was oh, not in charge. I was right like, y'all yeah, just yeah. go ahead and do what you want. Yeah. But I no, on this show, I wouldn't. I got. I like to think I wouldn't have hired that person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, I will say that I give a little, lot more leeway on the first season show because we're all still finding yeah, what the voice for is. Sure. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, people are like, "Ah, oh, does this joke work or does this work?" And I was like, "We don't know yet. Like, we're yeah. still, yeah. we're still trying to find our place." Be- before we let you go, Rashid. Um, since we got my man Saeed here, I'm gonna put you on the spot, Saeed. Yeah, for sure. You got a showrunner in front of you. I know. You came all the way to LA. Yeah. This is your chance to talk. <laughs> yeah. Ask I mean, him a couple of questions before we wrap this motherfucker up. Like, what you want to know? Well, one, he he <clears throat> he did definitely talk about the sample mm-hmm. what he looks for in hiring and the interview, which is super dope. But to me, you know, I was in my first room. What to you makes a good staff writer? Like, you know what I'm saying? Just what are you looking for? A staff writer to provide like you did say like look i'm not looking for you to figure out the plot of the whole season but what are the key you know five things that is somebody who's about to get staffed because this is what i run into all the time like yo i got this uh uh-uh. okay my first day like what what should i be trying to do they don't teach this so what are the mm-hmm. five things you think a staff writer should be focused on and providing in your room in general when it comes to pitching ideas, what I would like from a staff writer, and I'll probably say this tomorrow when, when the whole room is there, <laughs> is I have we have enough people pitching for number one, two, and three on the call sheet. Mm. 
Could you look at four, five, and six? That's smart. That's okay. can you, That's a great Can you note. come in here and, and sort of just make sure those people don't get lost, that we've got something interesting for them to play? Mm. Um, I also, I don't know if everybody watches, I think it's part of the interruption, had Stat Boy. I don't know if they ah. still do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. But, but literally, Stat Boy would come <clears> on at the end and go, here are all the things that they got wrong during the course of the show. <laughs> during the course of a, somebody will say, you know, uh, you know, who won the Tony Award for Best Musical in 1972? Mm-hmm. And then the conversation will move from there. Uh, a great staff writer writes that down and at lunch or during a break comes back so and goes, find oh, out. I found out. Like, if you're going to be a so-and-so, I, I looked into that legal thing. I looked into that medical thing. Yep. I did the research, research yeah. for a question that sort of got asked in the moment and could have fallen away. I picked it Do up. And be I that person. It. I brought yes. it for you. Uh, back in the day when everybody met in person, we're on a Zoom room now. Mm-hmm. I think we'll do a little bit of a hybrid. Um, I used to just go to the board and write on the board. I mean, just, just everybody's pitches, everybody's yeah. pitches, everybody just captured yeah. and all that. I, mean, I found that I loved that. Um, and then uh, enthusiasm. Yeah. I'm at this point, uh, you're not expecting him to have all the answers right now. No, know? but I would love, I, you know, <laughs> if somebody smiles at me in the hallway, I will smile back. Mm. So I'm sort of. I find it adorable that, that, that they come down there and they're like, oh my God, my name is, they have their chair for oh, me. Yeah, yeah, their name's yeah, not yeah. even in the chair, it just says writer. <laughs> my name's in my chair. But they're, but they're uh. so excited to have a chair. They're so excited to have yes. a chair. That enthusiasm, sharing that with other people is great, you know? Mm-hmm. I, in the, in the thrust of a season, you know, I'm under so much pressure, mm-hmm. I may have forgotten Oh, that's right. This is this Fun. is this is kind of cool. Tell him, yeah. tell him. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's nice for a, a grizzled old veteran like me to see somebody. Because <laughs> I used to, I used to he's just, moving in the story editor. I used to just, so, I used know, to just have it. I used yes. to just wake up smiling. Now I've got to work on it. <laughs> it's, it's interesting you say that because Dr. Dre used to always say he would keep young artists around him mm-hmm. for the energy. Yeah. yeah, and he would be the nah redo that rap, and mm-hmm. you know you come over here, you good at that. Get on this hook. You see right. this. And they were just there to give, hey, I got this verse, what you think? Mm-hmm. You know, and he would keep their energy because they're like, yo, I ain't never been here before. Mm-hmm. And he would feed off that energy to make the chronic and then nice. come back and make 2001. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, I think that is. That's a managerial thing you were talking about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, but it was managerial, but it's your things, the enthusiasm. You know, I remember, yeah. you know, the stress. I remember it was, I mean, that was something that I <clears throat> always, I mean, look, one of the, the like, I say one of my happiest days on Star Trek was um, so much, <laughs> so much wildness. But one time we were in the room and uh, someone said something and, and, and Terry said, Chris, you're my favorite guy in the room this week. That's like, <laughs> you know, like, and he was like, that's two weeks in a row. And I was like, oh, really? You know, because, you know, because it's just there's a thing about the 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 like the weight on the showrunner mm-hmm. is so much like you say like like you don't know what y- it's not fun for you to a certain degree i remember terry coming back guys i'm gonna be working at home depot next year because i don't want to <laughs> do this anymore <laughs> i just want to like spray plants because you know <laughs> you make, I, I mean, you make these jokes about i'm studying botany yeah, now how, how, how stressed it would be and i was like oh you know what you anything i can do just to make him smile mm-hmm. today or during the week, you know, because again, I was like, yeah, you would just say little jokes and yeah, shit just a little, little just because I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? 
I mean, that's kind of my personality, but I was like, but like, how do I, you know, like also it's like, I'm grateful for the job, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and it's like, you know, how do I like keep letting you know that without being like obsequious, you know? Yeah. So, so there's a lot to that. John, know? I, when I worked for John Lavin on shooter, like, because my husband, my husband, and I would go out to plays <clears> and concerts <throat> and stuff. I would come in in the morning for the room start and he'd, he'd be just tooling around and joking around and I would just tell him some cool story about what happened last night, just mm-hmm. to, just to lighten it up, just yeah, to yeah. you know all the way up the chain. Just be like, you know, you're trying to be, uh, you talk about like Thanksgiving, yeah, you're trying to be a good guest mm-hmm. yeah. at this party. Um, come with something interesting. I mean, I mean, there's something to say about younger people because you know, if you ask me, Rashid, what'd you do this weekend? It was it was funneling children around and just sort of. <laughs> but if you ask somebody, a staff writer who's young, they might tell you they were at some. I was at Coachella. Oh well, mm-hmm. I would like to hear. You know, suddenly I'm leaning in. Right. That that helps. What All if Carlton helps. went to Coachella? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but also, you talk about like the the stress of the showrunner. Right. I, I wrote a book somehow in the middle of the pandemic. Tell him. Tell him. I wrote a novel called "My Government Means to Kill Me." <laughs> it comes out flat iron uh, August 23rd. Nice. Yeah. And. Part of writing it was that that was my escape because there came a point where I was like, there's nothing in my head except the characters in these TV shows mm. in which I have to I have to compromise and be collaborative and share control. Mm. You know what's lovely about a book? You. Whatever you want. Yep. <laughs> Whatever you want to do, there's no, there's no. The, the line producer doesn't come with a budget. You want to, you want to take him to the moon? Let's go to the moon. Yes, yes. I wrote up half the country because I feel like it. It's yeah. fun. I wrote a funny, sexy book about a gay black man during the height of the AIDS crisis in New York. Wow. Those things don't even seem like they should go together. Girl, I house you. Look, I mean, girl, I house you. I mean, if you went into pitch it, they'd be like, I do not understand the tone of this. But in a book, it can live. Yes. And so I always tell people, and this is, you know, for staff writers, I tell them to have a life. Like, you need to be, like, <clears throat> fall in love, have a messy breakup. Facts. You should still be doing things Facts. that are feeding you creatively. If you're upper level, I would actually say you need an outlet. Yes. You need something else you enjoy doing, you're good at. I know people, some people do, like, CrossFit, whatever mm-hmm. it is, something that feeds the creative side of you that isn't actually this show. Mm-hmm. Be, otherwise, I think at the end of the season, a year or two, all your creative energy went into this. This is the only place it got to go. Yep. I think that's dangerous. Totally, yeah. totally yeah, agree. Hard. What else? What else you want to know? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> we had a brief talk about specs and originals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Off off camera, and um, you know, I wrote two, and I feel like I learned a lot from writing that, even though it wasn't something I had to do. Yeah. Um, when it came time to writing my show because I had to write that show not my show and I had to know how it looks on the page what kind of language these characters but that was all from studying writing uh, existing television show specs how do you feel as far as new writers writing specs do you feel like they need to learn that or what? It's tough because I think we've gotten to the habit of thinking that everything we write should be something that we can use to make our career go forward. Like if I write this spec, I should be able to sell this spec. I should be able to get staffed <laughs> on this spec. On the same show. Tell, yeah. Telling people, that they, or t- telling people that they have to write something that they don't get to show anybody, that they're just writing it for the educational experience. 
I think can be a hard sell now. Yeah. People are, I mean, that's what's great about originals. You write it, you get to, it might get you an agent, it might get you an interview, it might get you a job, you might sell it. But we're and, expecting people who've never written a pilot to write a pilot. The I mean, hardest thing the, there is. Yeah, <laughs> and I think, I, think spe- I mean, but it's, it is a personal exercise you are probably doing. I'm, as a showrunner, I can't read a spec, yeah. but I think people should, not only do I think people should write them, I think they should cuff their hands. Okay. Go get a script of that original, See how many scenes they took to tell your story, and you tell in that many scenes. I, you know, God bless the 65-page pilot. But that is almost, I mean, it's I don't gone. know where, where are we, what are, I mean, but what are we gonna do with this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, can you tell me this story in 48 pages? Yeah. And that would be a, a truer test. Not even, I mean, I sometimes tell people like, sometimes, you know, here's a radical idea. You can do something not to prove it to others, but to prove it to yourself. Mm. There you, you go. Maybe you'd be more confident if you knew when they say to me, you've got 40 scenes, 48 pages, go, yeah. you know how to tell a story from A to B, right. you know, A to Z. So <laughs> I, I'm always, I, I, I think they're a great exercise, but I understand that outside of like the programs you might submit for, yeah. they no longer have that much of a use, except, you know, you could learn a lot. Yeah, and, and you bring up a good point because it's like in our show, it was like if you turn in a 37-page script for a 30-minute comedy show and it needs to be 28 like they told you, mm-hmm. they're going to be pissed mm-hmm. because you didn't do the job. Yeah. And right. so it's like to me, I think it is a practice in you know, working that being economical. And yeah, see, that's interesting. See, you know what? You hear about people who um, turn in scripts that are, you know, five eight pages over than what the show does and i was kind of like how do you make that mistake when you've seen what the board says you know what the outline says you've been reading all the scripts you know where are you so inefficient in your craft that you can't get the scenes to to like be so distilled down to pop so they can fit within the pages because i tell people this all the time i look at scripts i'm like you need to like I, I, the worst thing that happens when you look at like scripts, features, whatever it is, spec. I mean, people's originals is you. You read scenes and you're like, you came in too too soon. Mm-hmm. You know, you came in too soon, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, and and you feel where it's like you don't have the craft down. Mm-hmm. And if you do the thing you're saying about doing the spec and learn how to do it in the in the the time, because the great thing about it, if you pick up like a of a show that's been produced is it's this numbers yeah you, get, yeah. you know oh okay yeah. i know what the hell they did yeah. you know it's a number you might see you see the, the omitted scenes you, you see the omitted stuff yeah. and you might be able to go <clears throat> i mean there's ever some was we were talking about the blackish pilot everyone's mm-hmm. talking about the blackish pilot it's like yeah but it's like three versions of it online yeah, that, yeah. that aren't the version they actually shot yeah but it's interesting to look at those to see because you kind of mm-hmm. see the the network is like say get rid of this smooth this so you can kind of like figure out like what happens because you know there's the studio call and there's a network call and the notes that, that brings the script into a certain position that you um, as you rise through the ranks have to know how to get it there with, with the, the least amount of uh, the least amount of revisions from everyone else you know and, and that makes you you know, to me, I think like more valuable to the to the showrunner. You know, yeah. if 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 they, yeah. re, if they have to rewrite you less. Oh yeah, I mean, and there's also, I mean, there's when I was number two, I did this. I mean, God, I had more time. I probably could have done it more on on Bel Air season one. There's there's also supposed to be a check in point. I think people feel like they're not allowed to ask questions as they're going along. I mean, there's going to be discovery. 
So you may very well say, actually, I know this wasn't on the board, but I was thinking this. I don't want to read that as a surprise. Mm. Yeah. Somebody had better have come and come told me that yes. that was going to be in there. Mm -hmm. Same with omitting a scene. You might you might go, you know, I'm in this. And, and, there's, and there's nothing wrong, I think, with that check-in. It might be with the number two on the show. Mm -hmm. But I think, unfortunately, a lot of people aren't, sh they're kind of lost out there. And instead of asking for help, they right. do whatever they're going to do, and, mm -hmm. and, and it and we're losing time. If you turn it in on the day, and you've had and you haven't figured out Act Three, so you've cobbled some mess together. Mm -hmm. Boy, I wish you told me that four days ago. Yep. I wouldn't have been mad four days ago. Yeah, well, then, <laughs> and I am now. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but yeah, but you know what? I, you know, I just had a conversation. With you the in danger, girl. The, the other day, and he was telling me a story about that, and he was like, someone was given an outline, and they had four days to write the outline, and you know, it was due on a Monday and he gets a call on Sunday night. Oh, you know, on Friday afternoon my power went out and but no. and, and he was like he was, he was like <laughs> on why Friday. did you call me on Sunday night? Why'd you call me on Friday? Yeah. And I think there's some weird um what whatever it is, it's our own hubris to think <clears throat> you know, I'm giving this responsibility, let me do the whole thing and solve it on my own. It's like why do that you don't when have to. there's nothing in the whole game of it is solve on your own? Yeah, you know, like, 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 the, like, it's not you just breaking the episode. It, you know, there's like with every stage, there's someone to help. There's, some, I mean, that's what the show's That's what the, the thing's about. Something mm -hmm. I've had to learn as a showrunner is that everybody else is willing to really kill themselves for your approval. Mm -hmm. They want nothing more than to make you happy with what they've done. And so that can work against them if they feel like they can't come forward mm -hmm. and say, I'm struggling with this. And, and so you, you've got to- Everybody's worried about being fired. I mean, they're yes. always worried. Yeah. And what will this mean if I always worry? I mean, right? Like you're, you know, you're, you're thinking in your head of the staff writer. I mean, God, Rashid walked this down, and we went mm -hmm. through the outline, and now I'm going to call him up and tell him I don't think this act works. Mm. But I want that call. I want that call before I read those pages. Well, yeah, because here's the thing: if I call you, say your script through Friday. If I call you on Wednesday morning and say, "Hey, Rashid, I, I got a problem with this act," and I tell you my problem. And then if you if you tell me, okay, so it's this and this and this. What about this? Mm -hmm. This it's one small. Hey, just push it three degrees. Oh, great, 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 great. And now I've solved it all. You know, and it, and it gives me the and it, and it gives me the the the, the re I'm re-energized to, to you know to push through the rest of the script. You're happier when you get the script in because yes. and me it's like I asked you and I think it's the whole thing about like people's af afraid to ask for help. Yeah, people sure. are afraid to ask for help and not just in this business but in everything. People a lot of people are afraid to well, ask for me, help because it can be held against you. Yeah, you're supposed to. You thought well, I'm supposed to know. I'm supposed to be able to handle this. Right. They paying me this money. Let me ask you a quick question just about that. Do you, because your co-EPs are pretty busy, but I think the shows that I appreciate the most are the ones where the co-EPs or you know, the producer level, supervising, whatever, where they, well, I was, I was thinking back when you could, you'd pop into people's offices or yeah. whatever. <laughs> but when, when, so how do they do that at home now? Like when you're on Zoom and shit, like how do you make sure that, that, they, that your supervisors like reach out to Saeed as a staff writer or a story editor to keep in touch, make sure he's doing all good, you need to help with it, you know what I mean? Do you ever ask you your- call, I mean, we used to, I mean, TJ and I, were, we'd even have, 
I mean, God, we didn't do as much as we wanted, but I think once or twice we had check-in meetings with like the other writers and just be like, hey, could you stay after on this Zoom just to okay. talk to 15 minutes and mm-hmm. say, how's it going? Right. What are we thinking? How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. We got this coming up, blah, blah, blah. Give some feedback while it's, while it's happening. Okay. So we tried to do that and I would I'd encourage people to just, yeah, like pick up the phone or yeah. just have a private Zoom where you can talk about it. Okay. Yeah, One that's, thing. That's, that's what we would do. I mean, sometimes when we were, in the, in, we were, when we were winding down, this is when we were, we were on Zoom in the beginning, but I, I would just send a text to the co-EP. Hey, can, can we talk ten minutes after you rap? You know, and, and, it's and like, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Were know, you gonna say something? I was gonna say one thing I did in my room because it's the first time I wrote a script. Was I asked a upper level writer if I could talk to him mm-hmm. outside of the room? And I was like, "What's your approach when you go to write your script?" And Smart. and she, because she had been staffed on Secure and all kind of stuff, and she's just like, "Look." I do this rough draft, then I print it out, I read it again, and I go back, then I take a day and I read it again. I was like, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that alleviated the pressure of like, because as a first time staff writer, you could psych yourself out. For sure. Where it's like, oh shit, people gonna be reading this? They're gonna be <laughs> recording this? Especially on a comedy show, yeah. they're gonna really go and in. The show I like. I'm exactly. like, oh shit. Yeah. I, I'll tell you, John Wells did this, and it was, it was, it was very sweet. He's like the god of television. Oh, yeah. But he, he would read your draft and he'd give it to you, right? And you'd go through your script with his notes and sometimes he'd just be like, this is hilarious. Like there'd just be commentary. He's talking to you. He was talking to you. Yeah. But it wasn't, it was, I mean, like let's hear some positive. Yes. Like there's also, I want it just something. So again, with scripts, when we're trying to give notes, I'm trying to also find, there's always something you go, oh my Mm -hmm. God, that's a great line. Sometimes I'll go, that's a great line. I don't know if we can put this in the show, but I want you to know I like it. That's a compliment. I thought it was funny. (laughs) Look, look, it's so important to do that. Um, I mean, I'm reading a guy's script now, and it's like, you know what's really fantastic is on uh, scriptation. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've done my iPad is that like I can give like like I can talk the note out. I'll, I'll hit the, the oh, the, I'll, I'll hit the uh, yeah, microphone. you need to get on scriptation if you oh, ain't on it. I'll It'll save the, you. I'll hit the microphone and go, hey, so I think you need to like change this scene here or hey, this line was fucking funny. Mm-hmm. And I just and I just talk it out and it just, just and if you speak it slow enough it'll just it'll just transcribe your words but I, but it's it's good to do that because it because you can tell when someone like is uh uh they're it's usually when someone's trying to be vulnerable on the page with something you know mm-hmm. it's a little different than with the show they're taking some <clears> chance <throat> and that i think if it pays off let them know that you know yeah. because because otherwise they're like, did you fucking like my joke or not? Or <laughs> yeah. blah, blah, blah. I don't know if it was funny. Because you don't know. You don't know until you're never going to know. Yeah. Because you're probably not going to watch the show until way, way later. Yeah. Did, did my line make it into the script? Exactly. So, and Rashid, it sounds like, and we'll wrap this up, it sounds like you, you, you like to give the notes back and let the writers do the notes so a lot of people are like you turn in your script you just never see it again yeah. <laughs> you know what if I mean there's on some, time I mean, you know if I, mean? There, I mean it really does depend if there's time I mean mm-hmm. there I mean um, we got to a point season one towards the end where the the network draft was also the production draft mm. sorry yep like I mean I just yeah, I'm out of I'm out of days um, I like I mean God somebody would have to grade me I'd like to think that I at least in those cases talked to the writer and said here's what I liked here's what's going to happen I don't have time and, and I'm going to go with it I mean this Bel Air I mean a lot of shows I'm sure you do this too it's mm-hmm. like Bel Air is so serialized that I'm getting a, I mean we were so crunched I'm getting a note on six 
which is absolutely changing everything you're doing in eight. Yep. And that's we not have, your fault. Yep. And I don't even have time to explain it to you. There's so little time right now. Yeah. The time it would take you, me to talk you through what they did I'm over like here, <laughs> I might as well just start typing it in. Right. And also, I might myself be finding it. Mm. Like the thing I keep telling people, like again, you watch the show, you're like, oh, they knew everything. I, not really. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I, I mean, sometimes I'm just I've got a script in front of me, and I'm like, well, let's see how far the story gets in this episode, and then we'll stop. Like mm. I don't know at the start, okay, because I've only got so many pages to accommodate this, and I'm just trying to see what we can do. Let me ask you a question. Last question: Did you guys ever like? reshoot stuff say you you know you shot episode five you're on episode eight and you go oh you know what we could do to make this here in episode eight better if we if we played off a better moment in episode five and like found the time to reshoot like pieces There's like no that. time no okay. time also very hard because in this when we loved this at the time but i was like oh that's right the women's hair changes oh, yeah. pretty much every episode. Like mm -hmm. with braids or something, mm -hmm. we're doing a new, we're mm -hmm. showing you a new look. So to go back would be also to have to get them back in the, yeah. and I was like, we're, we had no, we had no, we had no time. So those black shooting days are horrible. The, what, the one, the thing that happened, I thought, oh my God, I'm going to die, but we did it, is we took two episodes and we flipped the A story in seven and eight. Oh. And and so then you had to go down to the actors and say, we're shot, we shot eight first, because we had the guest star mm -hmm. coming and we weren't gonna move that. But I'm <laughs> saying to the actors, so um, you don't, you haven't played this scene yet, but you two had a horrible fight. Mm. And you two made love for the first time. Ooh. And you got, I mean, like, I mean, and they're like. Because they haven't seen the script. Well, they haven't seen it and they haven't done it. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, like we're now, I'm now handing you what's gonna be eight. Got it. And we're still working on seven. <laughs> so let me, I'll get that to you later, but let me catch you up to what I think we'll, we'll do in seven that you need to reflect in your performance of eight. Got it. And, and then that the episodes came out and you, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Mm -hmm. Is a testament to everyone involved. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Dope. Yeah, it's dope. Well, thanks, Rashid. This was awesome, man. Thank you. It's fun. Appreciate having How you. We're getting in trouble. We're just having a conversation. Why, why Did I say it? any? I mean, well, we'll see. I don't think. Well, you we said know what happens is you get relaxed, and so I don't, I don't think mean, you said. No. Okay. I would tell you. I would. Like, okay. You probably need to cut that. <laughs> no, you weren't naming no names. You didn't do nothing like that. So no. Yeah, there was that yeah. Sherwater on fucking uh, on a uh, Bernie Mac that didn't get exploded. So you know, this, <laughs> yeah. this is yeah. a lot. It's all right. I don't even work in comedy no more. So that's all right. Exactly. So where you at? Said. Oh, I'm uh, on Twitter, which is Black Screenwriter Twitter is lit. It's at Balance510, B-A-L-A-N-C-E 510. That's what's up. Where you at, Rashid? Can okay. people follow so you on I'm Twitter? On, no, wait, I want you you got to look it up. See. I'm going to follow me on Twitter. I'm an old man. I don't know if anybody knows this. <laughs> 43. All right, so I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Rashid Newson. I'm also on Instagram at Rashid.Newson.Author. So that would be lovely. Like he got a book or something. Like he at me. <laughs> My government needs to kill me. It's out August 23rd. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you. Where you at, Chris? <clears throat> I don't know where I am. No, I'm at uh, <laughs> birthday boy. I damn didn't know. See? I'm at uh, 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 unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. I take Twitter like I'm cool. Um, <laughs> you guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Any questions, Screenwriters Screenwriters Rant Room at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you listen to. We're all over the world. 
Um, shout out to everybody who keeps you know hitting us up on stuff. Shout out to Anwar. He sent me a couple of books that are dope, dude. One of them is like a Charlie Chaplin like cook, um, coffee table book, and one of them. Where's my copy? I might end up letting you take that one. We'll see. Where's um, my? Uh, 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 this is specifically to Anwar. Where's my <laughs> presence? <laughs> I need my presence. God damn. I mean, it was just your birthday. Ask <laughs> what? I mean, and he didn't even get. But he didn't get you anything I for know. your birthday. Net. And then and then um, he sent me this cool ass um, 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 sneakerhead book. Of course, you know me, I'm sneakers. So yeah, for sure. Um, Anyway, shout out to all you guys. Appreciate y'all over the world listening to the show. What else we got, Chris? Uh, you can support the show on our Patreon page at ScreenwritersRR.com. You'll find a link which will take you to uh, a bunch of different tiers that you can support the show. Two, five, ten, twenty-five, seventy-five. Well, I don't get seventy-five dollars. Two thousand, nine thousand, know, ten thousand. Yeah, well, well, yeah. There's there's an open-ended for Rashid ten thousand. You know, yeah. donation. <laughs> if you want to put just just She's like just, that's it. Just, just do what you feel is in your hearts. Exactly. Do what's in your hearts, and we will appreciate it all. For sure. For sure. Thank you again, Rashid. We appreciate you, little bro. Thank very, you. Very, very proud of you, man, out there killing the game up there. I'm sure, you know, things are really changing for you now. You guys are in the showrunner position. You can't go back. No, no, no. It's That's time fine. to keep moving forward. What? Oh, no, what? I no we'll talk off Yeah, I got to um, So thank you again, everybody. joining me for 2022. Thank you again, Rashidi, sitting in here. We'll have you on the next episode. Um, so thank you all. Y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2022. 2022. Peace, y'all. Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminished and the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room.